Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Kari. I'm your host, Kari Feiler. In today's episode, I'm talking with my friend Alex Dara. He's an old co-worker uh, in the space where we worked, uh, which will come out in the show. And we talk about living and working in tech, Twitch TV, and video games generally, Valorant, Grand Theft Auto, modded PlayStation, Masayuki Uemura, League of Legends, The Instinct for Meaning, DreamHack Gaming Tournaments, Wealth Inequality, How Games Became Popular, Religion, Hedonism, Basic Income, Good Company and Bad Times, Laughter as Medicine, ADHD, Earning Your Keep, and other topics. This show is supported by a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Kari underscore Filer to support the show. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm recording. So Ooh. it's going to be <laughs> in live real time. This re- this conversation, and I'm saying this also for the benefit of the people that are listening. In live real time, this conversation might be choppy because I am work from home. Uh, and so I'm gonna you know it might sound a little strange as i have to cut here randomly to access work tasks that demand the audio from the machine on which this podcast is being recorded but we're hanging out we're chilling uh i think first hey alex thank you so much for coming and doing this (laughs) Uh, please please introduce yourself to the handful of people that are listening uh yeah so i'm alex dara uh me and Kari are old work colleagues, but I would say me and him are now pretty good uh, and decent friends uh, going forward. What do you say? We are friends. Absolutely. And uh, I think we, we do share a lot of commonalities between you and I, right? I believe in general, you're a little bit more spiritual and more thought-provoking than I am. Hey, uh, your I'm words like, are not mine. I'm not saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I believe uh, I, I'm more of the lower exp- uh, spectrum of the no, IQ. No, no, uh, not at all. I won't even let you go there. No, what we have, look, I think if anything, like attracts like. If anything, I think birds of a feather flock together. So oh, yeah. when we were at Price Spider and I was this new guy, so I'm the new guy at Price Spider in Irvine. And, uh, so it's a night. Hey, for me, look, let me tell you, let me tell you this since, since we got some time. <laughs> let me yeah, tell you fine. this. Let me tell you this. When I interviewed for Price Spider, oh, buddy, look, I'm living with my uncle and I'm trying to, and I took a, so I had a job that I was working, which was cool. The boss was a little bit, uh, I say a little bit. The boss was a lot micromanaged. I'm talking about, you know, sometimes he came off as a, as a little bit of a tutor, and I appreciated that. But 80% of the time, what you heard was, you know, what you got was him walking out into the to the room and saying, hey, you know, why don't you get off your phone and help your teammate out? And you go, oh, okay, thanks. And so you have to put your phone away. And then if you have a laptop open, get this. You, if you have a laptop open, you have to put away the laptop and stare at the screen with the other guy who's staring at the the three screens on what's called a main terminal and so it was a, yeah, right. it was a system of driver and passenger now right. look let me let me strongman the thinking here and not just completely shred this idea uh sillily right the thinking right. is 
whenever you go into a open tech space where people are trying to be techie and, and get things done, you'll often see three people huddled around one computer. Well, it's right. true. It's true. Yes. At those nodes. Yes. Good work is being done. But and so this this the owner was said, look, I'm going to build that into the business model. So and he got a business off the ground that was doing well. So I'm not knocking that level of success. But when it came to scale and kind of if if you paid if you paid attention to the morale more closely, he would see that two thirds of the employees were going, this is literally a waste of my time. Because I have to sit next to this guy who, whose hands on the keyboard while I do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> that's not. This is not worth the, the money that he's paying me. But he's paying me. There's snacks and there's ping pong and there's video games and there's all sorts of cool stuff. So you know, I'm gonna take the job, and I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna be a good employee and I'm gonna work when I can uh, and and learn when I can. And I actually learned a lot there. But I say all that to say, I had an opportunity to do an internship for a game dev. And, uh, but I had to do it full time for a week. So it was a trial dev week. He said, you can be a developer for my game for one week. And if you make the cut, you can be a paid developer, but you got to make the cut. And I just took the shot. <laughs> the job was so unsatisfactory. I said, you know what? I'm just going to take the shot, uh, for this other job. And so I'm, like I said, I'm living with my uncle. And so I've got the, the kind of window dependency window and, and what do you call privileged window where right. I'm privileged enough to have a safe home and food and wonderful home actually in food despite whether I'm earning money or not uh, in this particular moment and so I use that privilege which is responsibility and I, I said okay let me take shot the shot of this game I didn't get it kind of dodged a bullet I, I found out later from that developer uh, but I didn't get it he said hey man your skills really weren't aren't up to par and they weren't and they paid me and it was you know it was it was a nice exchange it was nice of me go hey I took a shot I didn't make it it's fine the first job was it the first job first or second it was very early in the search but one of the jobs that i interviewed for was price spider in irvine and i went up on this floor in irvine sat there in my best looking suit looking out over this window thinking i can do something anything in this office and they'll pay me to come here <laughs> that was the, that was my only thought as i'm looking up at all the clients and and i'm talking yeah. first level clients so all kudos yeah. to the leadership at price spider for steering the whale in the industry for a reason because it's a quality right, right. product that's being offered uh, by quality people for sure and right. so i was happy to be a part of that uh yeah, yeah that's my yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. price spider story <laughs> yeah yeah you know you know it's interesting you, you know so i got like uh i got certified uh in a couple couple years back for agile right my mm. my, uh, my tsm uh scrum master uh certification and basically you know you know, parent programming—it's not a bad idea, right? What? Like it seems—it seems like uh, what you're. You say? Uh, what did you say? You said parent programming. Paired, paired programming, right? Paired and, and programming. Yeah, and so that is a practice, right? In, in tech companies, for mm. uh, for for a small team, extremely mm. small, two to three people to huddle up uh, over one, uh, you know. One, yeah, but the thing yeah. is, you can't force it. It has to be organic. Yeah. You need to give people space where they can work in the way that they feel most productive work and enjoying working. Right? Yeah, and and again, it's supposed to be like a very small piece of that, right? So you're yeah. supposed to go over your own thing. Say, hey, I will. Sorry, I need you. Mm. I need you to write this function. Uh, it needs to do X, Y, and Z, right? And then we're going to have Alex come in and, and review that later, right? You guys schedule that out at a later date to say, hey, this is what I got so far. 
Um, this is what we're going to build towards. This mm. is what I have to go through it. That's, it's almost like a code review. Mm. And then you guys fix it together. And then, you know, you're driving and I'm I'm watching. And that's how it's supposed to be. Everyone. Yes. Everyone. And, and, and it will. And look, and it was like that when. Okay. So there I had a coworker. Uh, John, I believe his name was. Ooh, I don't want to get it wrong. I think it was John. Uh, you know, if, if. Hello, John. If you're out there and you're listening, it's you. You know who you are. Um. And he was my good buddy. And so he, we convinced as a team, <laughs> as a team, we convinced our leader to let us work with one laptop open because it just made sense, dude. Yeah. You know, we got two pairs of hands. Let us both hands work simultaneously. And it was kind of right. necessary because we had a machine that was a Windows and one that was, uh, I think they were, uh, there were a lot of Linux boxes around mm-hmm. and then there was only one Mac box. And so there was a lot of mm-hmm. operating system constraints that we kind of leveraged into us being able to work on two screens one time at one time. And we had a good time. We made it work. I learned a lot there. Um, right. I learned a lot interpersonally, but yeah, I would have, I would have preferred to have some, or I will say this. There was some, they let you come and go when you please. They really trusted you. You had entrance. And I came on a Saturday one time with the approval of some, you know, lower level managers that, yeah, look, as long as you're, you know, not up to no good. Yeah. Come on a Saturday. Right. And so I came on a Saturday. I sat at my machine. I was able to dig into, I think Mondo, uh, MongoDB and Python. And I was just writing a script that was consuming this API. And I was just learning this stuff, man. And I had three screens. I didn't have that in my bedroom. <laughs> and so it, the setup with the keyboard and the three screens was way better than what I had at home. And I leveraged right. that opportunity to improve my skills. And so I'm grateful for that opportunity. Uh, but when I got to Price Spider, that's the culture I came from. And I'm looking around, I'm going, okay, well, I'm in tech, I'm doing what I want to do, I might be able to make some real friends here. And what I know, one thing I noticed was this really groovy dude, who was obviously the grooviest in the office, to me. So this is, you know, day one, right? Day two, three, four, getting, I said, okay, you know, I'm learning names, okay, Alex, okay, okay. And then (laughs) when I would hear the, the wheels of the scooter, I'd go look up. I go Alex, and they go Alex. I go okay, that's Alex. <laughs> and then I'll identify know. people, and then I'm learning. Yeah. Da, da, da. And then as when lunchtime would come around, and oh my, how they fed us! Oh my, how they fed us! Amazing. Level level four crazy. cuisine. Level four cuisine. Uh, and at lunchtime, who were sitting? Who are we sitting next to? Who are we talking to? Who are we playing Alex. games with? No, it was you. It was it was always Alex. It was Alex, oh, Alex, Alex. Alex was the life of the party. Um, yeah. uh, as far as life was concerned, inside of that part of that floor of that window of that building in Irvine. <laughs> so yeah, man, yeah. you know, that's how that's how I fell in love with you for sure. Yeah. Well the thing is like um you know you, I I feel right that you know you're gonna be spending a lot of time there. And this is obviously pre COVID, right? And mm. so the office was kind of open for anybody technically, right? And mm. I mean we could bring family and friends inside and stuff like that. Yes, and yes, so yes. you and I are, are I would say we're, we're on the younger scale, right? Around in our thirties and stuff um, like that. Thirties. Uh, um, yes. Yes. So, yes. A young, a young, a young mature adult. <laughs> yeah. Right. Of, of all the mature say, adults in the world, we're on the younger side, right? Yeah. I would yeah, say yeah. that, right? And, yeah. and and I felt yeah. like you know, living and kicking and doing and and surviving and thriving and making three hundred exactly billion dollars. Yeah. 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 And like you know, I wanted to make sure that I, I felt at ease and everyone else could feel at ease too because no one was going to take that right everyone else is already going to be stuck in their desk and all that stuff we're already stressed out 
you might as well take the time to make sure that you're kind of at ease as well, right? And make sure that you take care of yourself too, right? And so I'm glad that I could put that energy on you. Um, I, I really try to make sure that people are comfortable, right? And um, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you had a good time uh, while we were at it until we all were, we were all sent home. And you, know, I, and you know the crazy thing? I remember that day when we were sent home. Absolutely. And you were like, <clears throat> I was like, all right, dude, I'll see you in two weeks. And you were like, nah, dude, this is going to take like almost a year, like for sure several months. And I was like, really? No way. Yeah. Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. You were yeah. like, the way this is looking, it's going to be either a couple of months. I wouldn't be surprised if it was going to be over a year. That's what I said? You did, okay. yeah, man. Okay. You were the first person, and I was like, "Well, I knew, huh. I knew, I'd been following it. I was warning against a coworker, my teammate, yeah. who had gone up north to see some family who had just traveled in from yeah. China." Um, yeah, and yeah. So, and I was warning our second level superior that, yeah. "Hey, this yeah. guy needs to get tested before he comes back in the office," because I was already following Johns Hopkins dashboard in late January. Uh, because yeah. that that was a real thing that was going on in Wuhan, China. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and I was well, so let me give credit as far as credit to Americans go. Let me give all credit to Sam Harris and and mm-hmm. uh, Joe Rogan and uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson, right? And and that whole IDW crew, right? Because I'm listening yeah. to that stuff. <laughs> and so for me, it's just I'm reacting in real time. I was the I was the first person to tell my anybody in my family to stay away. I told my mom. I said I'm not coming over there. I'm not. Yeah, I said, yeah. I'm not coming over there until we see what's going on. I said, I'm staying in my apartment. I'm not going over to see you. This thing, this thing seems really contagious. Uh, and then I think it was Joe. It, I think it was when, when, when our office went on lockdown it was about the time, maybe two weeks after, three weeks after Joe had a guy who said, dude, this is the thing. We might see 4%, 3%, 4% mortality. And we thought, no. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the estimates we were, we were learning the high estimates in real time, which mm-hmm. I think were accurate, reasonable estimates in real time, just the high right. end uh, kind of worst case scenario, which is what you have to prepare for when you have something novel. Um, yeah. 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 And so I was listening to that. <laughs> and that, okay. that made me yeah. months in front of everybody else in the office, but whatever, that was mm-hmm. real time for me. Yeah, I think for me, it was just like, I you know, I, I don't watch too much of the news. You know, I, I don't watch too much. I don't I don't really follow too much. I do listen to Joe Rogan. I, I think he's a, a phenomenal little um, podcaster. I, I was literally just listening to him yesterday. I was uh, I don't know if you follow boxing, uh, but he had uh, the new a little bit, a little bit, the new lightweight champion, um, George Cambosos Jr. And, and again, so so I, I do listen to to like i guess some kind of modern forms of media but they're not usually centered around politics i, I know i know you're a big fan of that but i usually mm-hmm. like to listen to kind of like um you know theo vaughn and like dark comedy and i like uh, entertainment stuff so when they were talking about it i was like oh snap oh this this is kind of serious so, <laughs> okay when did yeah i love theo vaughn i love theo vaughn uh, what yeah. was what, how what was that like learning about uh covid from theo vaughn what how did you what was that like Recount, you, you recount know, that experience if you would. You, this is this is and this is just my experience personally, right? I feel like me and Theo Vaughn and maybe yourself and and a few others, right? We come from a background where it's like there's not an intense amount of opportunity, right? I come from Long Beach, right? Uh, my parents are immigrants, so you know we have like a I wouldn't say predisposition, but it's it's a little bit more tough for us, right? And so. Um, it's just, it's the culture, feel, right? Long Beach, yeah. the culture in Long Beach, 
only goes into the multi-millions for a handful, uh, which right. which it does for some. Um, but for most people, I would say well, the most, the highest, the most of the percentage population in the city of Long Beach, so that includes East Long Beach, um, by El Dorado Park, that includes West Long Beach yep. by the 710, that includes downtown, yep. right? That includes yep. North Long yep. Beach, uh, yep. the area where you seldom travel without a clear understanding of your destination, uh, for yep. good reason. And so, you know, out of all those people, huh? So. We're, we're from there. My, my parents live right right across the street from uh, Poly High, and like it, they live on New York. That's on MLK. Poly on MLK. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I yep. used to get my haircut right there. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. My dad still gets my haircut there. <laughs> really? That same shop right there in the little elbow in the little elbow it's shop. Better. It's still there. It's yeah, still there. Yeah, I used to go there. Yeah. And so my dad still goes there. And, That's cool. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I did not know that. We learned that life yeah. about each other. <laughs> yeah. So. Again, you know, going back, it, it's just interesting because obviously, you know, they're trying to make the most of what they have, right? <clears throat> and they're trying to make sure that, sure. you know, get... common class people. Yeah. And so the, I felt like listening to them kind of resonated with me a little bit more. It's more like, all right, we don't know what's going on. Yes, it's a little scary, you know, but here are some things that, you know, we sh- we're going to try to do. And if we learn something new, we're going to adjust. Mm. Uh, and that's how I felt with, like, Theo Vaughn and stuff, you know. I felt like they were kind of talking about it in a way where it's just like, <clears throat> like we're just adjusting as we go. And so, uh, I mean, that's how I kind of feel, too, right? And so it was, it was it was nice to listen to someone where it wasn't, like, pointing fingers or as being as intense. They weren't making fun of people wearing masks or not wearing masks. They were just kind of being them, right? Mm. Um, which helped, which which definitely helped me a lot. And so that's how I felt about it. And then my, my wife works for Kaiser. And so she gives me numbers and she's mm. like, all right, this is going up. This is going down. This is what I suggest and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, man, it was just a, it, okay. it was an interesting time. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It changed. I mean, if, if that's something to mark history, I mean, you know, there's going to be, you know, there's, there's, we're, we're never going to forget nine 11 for sure. Uh, I'm just thinking about Epic things in my lifetime uh, that I'm going to have, you know, memories right. of. And one the first, one of the earliest is 9-11. Um, yeah. and there's going to be culture wide. And the second is going to be COVID, I guess. No, you know, COVID, because COVID coincides with George Floyd. And that's a big deal, too. George Floyd's a big deal. Oh, yeah, so, man. But, so the COVID George Floyd <laughs> thing kind of together make a certain chapter in American history. <laughs> man, I hope. I, it was so weird. I felt like I reached out to you, and I remember you gave me advice, and you were like, "Hey, man, you can only do what you can do and whatever you can control." So if you feel like supporting somebody, I don't. Do you remember that? It was it was in Slack. Do you remember that? Uh, it sounds like the advice I was trying to give was the Serenity Prayer, which is. Uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And so the way I define that prayer is, is as God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, which is everything. And then courage to change the things I can, which is my behavior. That's it. That's the list. It's my behavior. And the wisdom know the difference We'll see if that was a wise distinction <laughs> that yeah. I made along that road there. So that's the way I, I look at life it, it through me. that lens. It helped me, dude, because I, I, I don't I don't have too many, uh, you know, black friends, you know, 
Hmm. Uh, I used to have a ton, but you know, Which I, I am a black guy. I am a black guy. When there was another black guy, when I got there, we talked about uh, culture, and we had actually some yes. uh, some common links through my hometown. But yeah. right, and it's just such a it was such a weird time, right, with COVID and that you know. So I I definitely mm-hmm. felt a specific way it was like time to kind of reflect and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, man, it was just it was just a weird time, you know. It was just a weird time. Yep. Um, but again, you know, me and you were talking before recording, and, and, I'm, and I'm I'm in a good spot in my life, right? I'm in a very uh, fortunate spot in my nice. life. You know, I have nice. people like you. I have people to fall back on, kind of mm. keep my head straight. Mm. So uh, it's been great, dude. It's been it's good. been good, really good. Are you ready to look at this? Look at this Twitch. This here Twitch. Look at this Twitch, baby. Let's look oh, at this Twitch. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay, so let me open up a tab, and then now, what are we looking? What are we looking at? Oh man. I don't know. Oh, I do know. I do know. So I have to take you directly to the URL that I use for my home on Twitch mm-hmm. because their actual homepage is not desirable for my position. I felt like it, uh, you know, I've been, I've been using Twitch since it was like on Ustream and what's it called? Justin TV. Justin TV, remember? dude. Yes, absolutely. I used to watch uh, boxing matches. You, you mentioned yeah. boxing. <laughs> I used to watch live boxing on Justin TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost unrecognizable now, right? Oh no, it's, it's like a different piece. Yeah, the, the, the lineage is, is novelty. I mean it's just folklore now, but it's Amazon now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and yeah, man, it's been uh Yeah, man, I spend a lot of time on Twitch nowadays. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's it's my home, dude. It's where I live, it's my home. It's my home. Yeah. So I go to you have to go to this. Twitch, okay. It's S secure. Then it's twitch.tv okay. directory. Okay question mark sort equals now this is all uppercase viewer count with a underscore separating viewer and count you have to go to that endpoint because viewer count count, all in uppercase with the underscore between viewer and count you have to go to that specific endpoint inside of the twitch uh domain gotcha 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 gotcha. oh shit Ah. yeah viewers high to low yeah man it's just do you have it? Yeah. Okay. So uh, mine just off t- is just chatting Valorant, Grand Theft Auto Five, mm-hmm. Call of Duty, Warzone. Yeah. We are okay. So Valorant, uh, where are you with Valorant? You know what? I downloaded it. I never tried it. You never and, tried it. Uh, I've never tried it, but I do have it though. Okay. I did try it. Uh, I try. I, I was about to get into. It. I don't know if you watched the show Arcane. I um, do. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm dude. like. I'm like two. I think I'm like half now. When I stopped watching, yeah. I was two thirds of the way, but I think I, another release came out, so I think I'm even further behind. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm at the point where, um, yeah. you know what? It's so it's so recent. I'm not going to give it away. But let's say let's say the main character, the um, how do you say the tricky one meets yeah. those interesting people, right? Even with the tricky yeah. character meets the interesting people, that's where I am. Uh-huh. Oh man, dude. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful show, man. It's a beautiful show. Uh, but anyway, I was watching that show and I downloaded League uh, to play okay. with uh, some of the friends, some of my friends. Nice. And I was like, you know what? This game, I'm not great at MOBAs, but Valorant is something that I could probably pick up because Halo came out for free. Mm. And so I was like, oh, what do you guys think about Valorant? But like, no one was playing, so I never tried that. But I did download it. Um, would, but it you, would you be good at Valorant if you. Uh, tried it. 
if you played it what level would you be a valorant as far as there or let me ask this question because i've neither i have neither downloaded nor played the game so Mm -hmm. let me ask is valorant separated into the familiar metal leagues diamond and master yeah i I really do not know you know the thing Mm -hmm. is i don't know um but like i would say my skill level with shooters is is fairly low i would say i still use a controller i don't use keyboard or mouse or anything like that um that's just more comfortable for me okay um, but i, I, I really would you would you call yourself shooter. would you call yourself a casual shooter player i would say very casual very casual, casual. extremely yeah. <laughs> That, re- that reminds me of where we're going to end up at some point, which is 2D yeah. platformers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love, I, dude, I don't get me wrong, I love 2D platformers. Oh my Those gosh, like, you love I mean, 2D platformers. I do love them. I love ah. them so much. It's just, uh, it hits like all the marks, dude. Simple controls. Uh, usually the games that I like, great visuals, and they're just <laughs> fun great, and intuitive. Look, they just great, look, great and intuitive. Look, your definition, Mr. Dara, of great and intuitive, I'm going to say are something something approaching as rare as the glorious aura that you also exude. Uh, okay. Because you say, let me ask you this. So this is a perfect question then. Original Minecraft. I'm talking about 1.0, yeah. right? So so that one, bring it as recently as you need. Take it through 164, yeah. whatever, 1710, whatever, right? That's okay. where I joined. Or or today, or today, or today's Minecraft, or anything in between, yeah. any, any Minecraft yeah. that you're familiar with. Have you yeah. ever considered the aesthetics of Minecraft beautiful? I have, yes, uh, I do. When? And I, and, I, and I say it with a, a kind of the same... Uh, aesthetic as kind of like legos right um very obviously they're blocks uh, yes very easy to control and very easy to kind of understand that even though that they're still small blocks that little pink square with eyes and it's like a small little square in front of it that's a pig same thing with whatever like a zombie it's still the same looking block but they color in a specific way yes. So, in, in my opinion yes it is it's extremely gorgeous with the the simplicity that it has with it, right? Um, but again, you know, uh, now it's I, simple. I do... It's simple because Marcus, the uh, the <clears throat> developer, had to do all the art himself, and he wasn't an artist, and so he had to he mm-hmm. had to draw with with the skills he had, which were math, and so the, all the <laughs> and so all the uh, models, all the entities are animated with with math angle functions. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that's a, and that was the, what's intuitive for him to build the game because he had to do it. And he made it super simple. I think the lore is that the creeper's face was originally a sheep face, but it failed. It was a failed sheep face, and so that was, and then that became the creeper face, which is now so uh, iconically tied to the brand. Um, yeah. Okay, but it, I, but I want to ask you it, also about the pixelation. Have you seen the sixteen by sixteen of the nature? Right. It's a, the blocks are sixteen by sixteen. So have you have you ever looked at the pixelated textures inside of the Minecraft universe? I, I haven't like looked into detail, mm. but you know, from what I can tell, right, mm. it 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 makes sense to me. Right. I like suspect you would enjoy yeah. those as well, uh, and right. so I'd be cur- I would be curious to get your opinion on those as well. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I'm not a, a huge Minecraft player, but I, I believe that it's like it, it's it's extremely iconic, right? That game has made it 
it's just brought in a new wave of gamers, right? And Absolutely. that's one of those games, right? It is Look, a new wave of gamers and a new standard of genre. Right. Yep. It re yeah. it redefined sandbox. Whatever we yeah. were saying, whatever we were talking about when we said sandbox before Infiniminer came along, we weren't talking yeah. about sandbox sandbox. Not until Infiniminer. Yeah. Then once Infiniminer came along, okay, that's true sandbox. Now, unfortunately, my understanding is that the dude uh, leaked his source, and then people jacked it, and he couldn't monetize it, and it's just kind of a bungled. Um, yeah. It was kind of a bung a bungled capitalist business kind of enterprise uh but you know it was kind of a bungled business decisions but not uh as far as the game right and that that inspired marcus and then marcus says oh well i'm gonna build one and then from my understanding is that he then people said hey i want to pay to play it and he said it's not finished <laughs> they said whatever i want to you know people will pay to pay i want to pay to play and then he got the business right um on the small scale right at the lowest at the least he got the business right until the yeah. business was so overwhelming that he just agreed to sell it for a cool freaking bill dude oh my god microsoft microsoft owns it now right yes yes yes, yes. Yeah, microsoft right. paid 2.2 he got 1.1 hey good on, good on you marcus good, good on, on you. you good on you notch good thank you <laughs> thank you for making my favorite game of all time I love it. Good on, good on you, man. Good okay. on you. Yeah, okay. and, and and again, it, it is. Uh, yeah, you, you cannot. You, you got to give it this props. Minecraft, you got to give it this props. You know, I was gonna say, you know, Fortnite was on that trail, but for some reason, I felt like it kind of fell off. I don't know what happened, but it was everywhere. But now it's like, well, it's because so kind of barely hear about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Fortnite's interesting. Um, where is? So Fortnite is for me is one two. I'm gonna refresh the page just to keep yeah, it in mind. Let's see. So Fortnite, I've got it as one two three four five six seven in the eight spot, right behind League yeah. of Legends. Right. Hundred right, right. twenty four thousand current viewers. So right, right. for for Fortnite, I knew of Fortnite the um <laughs> the uh, PVE tower defense game. I knew of it. I was following it. I said, oh, this game looks cool and fun. <laughs> and so I'm watching, da, 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 da. And then PUBG shows up with 100 people on the island, kill each other, go. And yeah. Battle Royale is just blowing up because of PUBG. And so the people over at, you know, I didn't know Epic was building Fortnite or had built Fortnite. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And so Epic said, look, we've got this, we've got Unreal, right? We've got this engine. We've got these game that does shooting, right? It does shooting. You, We can put a hundred people on the island. We've got all the assets. That's easy. We've got all the, all the tools. We can build that. And so they right. build it. Boom. It's, it's dynamite. So I feel like for them, it was a little bit like throwing pure nickel in, in pure water. They just, mm -hmm. they thought, okay, we're going to jump in and just didn't know how much they didn't understand the grams. And so instead of uh, a gram, they used like a kilogram. <laughs> they just, well, here we go. Right. Boom. And then it blows up and, uh, and there you go. And they make it free to play. They made it free, which was smart. Free was smart because when early on, when they first released the battle royale, it was just to draw attention to the tower defense. That was kind of the part of the initial business move. Is that look, we've got this engine, make it just release a free, you know, PB battle royale, and then people will come and pick up our engine. Well, then the bad their battle royale was just so beautiful, and and the art style, um, the art style reigned supreme, man. And so I, I think if you, there's probably inside of the artist universe a pre and post. Fortnite earthquake <laughs> for texture yeah. artists and uh, and animators and and those people. 
Yeah, 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 man. And you can tell, right? A lot of uh, a lot of the a lot of the art is very similar right? with Fortnite and some other games. You can kind of tell, right? I think another one is a uh, very similar to Dauntless. I don't know if you ever played that, but it's a uh, you said like you said D A U N T L E S S. Yeah, and so the the art style very similar, right? Like the the shading and the coloring, and even like some of the aesthetics with the face. And the bodies, right? Um, I'm looking at a game where people with swords are fighting huge monsters, and they've got spiky yep. armor. Yep, 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 okay. yep, yep. Um, yeah, and, and so I feel like that kind of coloring you and all think that this stuff is a similar aesthetic to Fortnite. I mm, think so. Interesting. Yeah. Very similar. In my, I opinion. think it, you're seeing the cell shading. The kind of yeah. it's a it's a style based on cell shading, but yep. you know, cell shading now is split. And so diverse, and there's so many uh, subtle ways that you can that one artist is different than another in the way they apply the technique. Right. Um, but I see it, yeah, it's definitely cell shaded. Same as Arcane, for that matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, same as Arcane, same, same as League of Legends, and uh, it's just it's a it's a nice way of doing making something pleasing to the eye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I felt like Fortnite was going to be on that kind of bridge where Minecraft had that huge. Kind of explosion. I thought Fortnite was maybe that, and maybe it is. You know, maybe I'm just, maybe we're both just older. We we don't really know no, that trend. No, we're watching. Uh, we're watching it happen in real time. You know. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, for me, it kind of felt like the hype kind of went away and stuff like that. But then we have other cool. Stuff. It's still there. It's still number eight. I would say the hype is still very much there. <laughs> it's number eight. Uh, so, yeah. but number two, Grand Theft Auto Five. Where are you on that? You know what? I don't play. And I should but, say, for the record, I'm we're skipping just chatting as the we should right. recognize that the official number one is just chatting with 575 viewers IRL. That's a different yeah. thing. <laughs> we could talk yeah. about just chatting uh, while we're just chatting about conversations, but that's a super level of meta where I'm not yeah. going. Uh, so we're talking right. about games here at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say as number one, I'm talking about the number one game. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto. I I don't really play too much of grand theft auto you know the thing have is, you like, ever uh, have you ever yeah i played those older ones like um san andreas mm. and vice city and all mm. that stuff obviously they, they they made the remake of those right which didn't do too well um but the one that's out now five and online it's it's kind of evolved in a way where it's like i don't even recognize it anymore it doesn't even look like grand theft auto anymore right just with the gameplay and how it goes i don't know it, i don't know it, it, it kind of feels like everyone is kind of everywhere <laughs> right it's so like your when own you life. when you go play pvp yeah man yeah, it's intense yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's way too much dude. so i played i played gta up through what did i i, I started on I might have started on Vice City, but I didn't own it. And so I had to be at somebody's house and they had Vice City and I would be playing it. I go, oh, this is so cool. But I wasn't sure my mom would get it or not because it was so graphic. So I was I was aware of it when it was just maybe even the first one that was 3D. I was aware of it, but I just was of the age. When did Grand Theft Auto, the first one come out? I'm going to Google this right now. We have the power of the whole Google mind machine. Um, Yeah, the original is top down. I, I never knew about top down. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. so I started three. I started three. Right, went at the first. Yeah, one. like most people. Like mm-hmm. most people. So I started three. Yeah. Like most people, I was aware of it. Um, when did it come out? October two thousand and one. What's two thousand and one? Mm-hmm. So that's twenty. I was in twenty seven. What the hell? That doesn't work out. Years ago. 
Hold on, let me see. Calculator. So 2001 minus 1984 equals 17. So I would have been 17 when Grand Theft Auto uh, would have hit the scene. Maybe it's on, what is it? Mode, engine, single player game. It was on PlayStation 2. Did I have a PS2? Did I play it? Hmm. Uh, I, I did it. Huh? I did not. Go ahead. I, but I still did, though. I still played it, though, because uh, my buddy, my neighbor, uh, you know, childhood friend, um, he had a PS2, and he hacked it. So you can play all those modded games. Nice. Nice. Sweet. Nice. It was sweet. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What did you play? What do you remember from that? I, I remember from a lot. That, that time of his. What was your, what's your most memorable game session on that hacked machine? Uh, you know what? It was like um, not DDR. Do you remember? It, it was like it was also on Dreamcast, where it was like it was like a dancing game where something groove or something like that. Um, I, I, I cannot tell you dancing. I cannot tell you. Yeah, it was like a it was a beat game. I remember it was a beat game, and, and so a lot of that, right? Um, but that's also kind of where I fell in love with the fighting game genre because he also had. Marvel versus Capcom 2. Mm. He also had that for the PS2. And so that's where I was just like, oh, snap. I really like fighting games. I like, you know, the action. I like the pace. I like the aesthetics. Um, so I, I do remember a lot of that as well. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think there was just so many games because he could burn all of them that it was almost like a new game every week I, or every time I visited. It was like, oh, I have a new game. And I was like, all right, cool. And nice. So, <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> as, as it would, Doug would when they're free. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Grand Theft Auto though. I, I do remember a ton of Grand Theft Auto. You know, you're a kid, you're doing all these bad things. You're like, oh man, you can do this, and then you know his parents don't know English, they don't know what's going on, and you know they're not, so they're not really watching. You know, uh, but yeah, man, um, yeah, man, I, I do remember a lot of Grand Theft Auto at that time, mm -hmm. um, just along okay. with other games. So. Okay, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, and when I, so I played, what did I play? I had, definitely had San Andreas. Definitely. Uh, definitely had San Andreas. Uh, and I remember I was living, I had, oh, and dude, so I was living the life. Not only did I have San Andreas, okay, I was working at a GameStop. Damn. No, no, no. Uh, let me take that back. Let me take that back. I'd never worked at GameStop. I misspoke. I love GME. I was involved in the whole thing. I bought some. I sold it for a profit. Great. No. Hey. I, I'm sorry. I misspoke. I misspoke. I was work I was working at a game crazy, yeah. which is a which was a superior game store to GameStop. Game Game Crazy was better than GameStop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a question. Without yeah. games, GameStop was a pair of used Nikes in a shoebox on the side of a public street corner compared to the Game Crazy, which was a brand new pair of untouched shoes behind a store display window on the same corner. Now, take a picture of that for comparison. You've got two yeah, pairs of yeah. shoes. They both sell games, except the experience inside of one is first class and the experience inside of other inside of the other is more for the pedestrians so if you wanted yeah, yeah. a touch of luxury you had to go to game crazy that was true at the time i talked myself into a job there <laughs> just nice. by just by showing up every day and saying dude i love this store hire me 
I would go in there every day and say, hey, I learned a guy's name, Vasilios. Hey, Vasilios. Hey, I love this store. Hire me. <laughs> and I did yeah, that yeah, for yeah. maybe two months until he just said, dude, do an interview. And I got the job. And so I was working. Uh, I was working there and I was uh, playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas on the thin, let me say, thin PS2 um or ps3 or whichever one it was in my bedroom while i wasn't at work and i was living and breathing games and i love yeah. it i love it ps2 slim right something like that the slim right? one the little slim black one. Oh yeah. gosh oh gosh i, I used remember to, that yeah. dude i used to stay up all night playing that thing all night playing that. Yeah. when i <laughs> when it was over when it was done i walked into the kitchen and i looked at one of my roommates and i said it was actually one of my my room me's uh, i think and i said dude i'm done he said yeah i said i'm done he said yeah i said no you don't get it i don't know what to do yeah <laughs> all i've yeah. been doing for the past however long has been that has been yeah, yeah, in yeah. that game i don't know what to do it's the middle of the day yeah. and i don't know what to do it was fun yeah stuff man uh i, I think we have so many options now right especially yes. when, when my twitch is just like man what do i want to play i was yes. just one of my friends earlier this morning and i was just like hey what are you guys gonna buy next right for how uh for for christmas you know uh. like you know steam always goes on or epic they always go on sale uh. and they were just like we we don't know what to play there's just too much you yes know? so yes i can only imagine I love like, it. how kids feel like Ah, they're starting from a different place look we started from where we started i started from my first introduction to games was i'm a little five-year-old boy and guess what showed up in christmas gifts in 1989 a nintendo entertainment system don't Somebody call the local news person. Get let's get their hair quaffed and let's record the segment that we need to, to record to announce the arrival of this product. And so that was important. Yeah. Um, yep. And that was yep. that yep. was my game changing life. Where at five years old, I just been watching all the games. And when I was yeah. ten about ish, I don't know exactly ten ten ish. I'm in the car with my mom. I'm in the passenger seat. We're leaving my grandmother's house and we're driving home after a successful afternoon of playing video games with my cousins, right? Yeah. I look at the bottom of my Nintendo cartridge and I see the metal or brass or whatever they are contacts at the bottom of the circuit board. And they're all identical. And there's a little, there's this green board, but then it's yellow at the tip and it's white on the sides and it's got these metal contacts and these little stripes that run up into it, right? So I'm looking at, I'm going, how? How is that my game? You know, mm-hmm. how is that my game? And so that uh, was what made me want to be a game developer very early on in life. And I'm still on that track. I can say uh, I have professional contacts. I've participated in professional game development. I've never the uh, my, my total current record for selling games myself out of my company, I think, is about twenty seven dollars. I think we are net net profit in about four years. So the first year when I earned that twenty seven dollars, it was an amazing profit. But then the subsequent four years maybe that's like six years so yeah so then the subsequent like like four years <laughs> where i haven't turned yeah. any profit they go okay well that average is coming down you know yeah. that average is coming down yeah but it's fine i i get paid for building games and the, awesome. even if the games don't go to release i still get paid for participating so yeah. i'm excited yeah uh well on a side note uh for nintendo the the creator masayuki uomura he just passed away in the sixth so mm. he did leave off 
who? Know, great memory who did what? Uh, the the creator of Nintendo. He just passed away December sixth. So, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, died at seventy eight. Seventy eight. Um, but yeah, man. I, I I mean, I I I kind of. I've always. Wait a minute. No, I looked up the wrong thing. You got to tell me his name. How do I spell his name? Uh, M A S A Y U K I. That's all one together. Okay. And U E M U R A. Okay. Yeah, man. And uh, Decem- he gave a lot died December 6, 2021. Mm-hmm. Three days ago. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Japanese engineer. Known for his work as an employee of Nintendo from 1971 to 2004, did he not name it? I don't know. I I, don't, I think Nintendo back then they were like those um those little hand pocket games um like those digital oh, look at this. ones. He sold this is this is Wikipedia as of the lookup of whatever this recording is. Uh, he sold photo cell technology to several companies, including Nintendo, who used it for a light gun product called a ray gun. Lovely times duck hunting with that. Gunpai Yoko Yo, Yokoi, Nintendo's main toy designer at the time, discussed with uh, discussed Ooh. with games where the gun will shoot a beam da, 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 after later. As a company, when did he come in? When the Nintendo then split the d- 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 division, Yuri led a development. Okay, the the color dedicated consoles. Interesting. So when the Nintendo president Hiroshi Yamauchi split Nintendo into separate research and development divisions, he appointed Yuimara. Yeah. As head of R&D2, a division that focused on hardware, UMR led the development of the color TV game line of dedicated consoles. Mm, and that's where that's where UE enters our lives. They said, "Look, we got a we got this gun, and uh, and we got to sell these things." Oh wait, there's a bunch more about debt before it. Ooh, I skipped over that part. I'll I'll let them air their own dirty laundry, or other people go look up the Wikipedia. But thank you, Mister uh, Umura, for contributing to our lives. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man. And so it's funny that you bring it up, you know, because like I feel like a lot of our lives, you know, start centered around like these people who made it, you know, and they're it's coming to a point, you know, they're they're moving on, and we have like new heroes, right? Just like Knox, a notch, and. All those other companies like uh, Riot that are, that are rising up, and yeah, man, it's just it's it's a good time. It's a good time for for gamers. We're living in a good time. I think what happened last year, or was it this year? Games, uh, the price of video games went up ten percent in the first time in forever, and like people were losing their shit. <laughs> was that well, that happened this year, right? Uh, that happened at the start of COVID. Yeah. yeah, that happened. That happened right after the first wave of okay, we accept it. We have to stay indoors, and people turned on their consoles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so it went up to like seventy bucks as opposed to sixty bucks, and like yeah. people are losing it. Ah, that was, yeah. Okay, was so let's see what what of uh, Call of Duty Warzone? Anything? Yeah, none of these. I actually don't play uh, Rocket Bisa- League. Among Us. Besides uh, League of Legends, that's probably the only one I've really dabbled. Oh, Halo Infinite, of course. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of that recently. You do a play? Lot. So you do play League of Legends? You know what? I'm trying to... So n- next year, one of my goals, personal goals, is to try to understand League of Legends, right? By obviously playing it, but just to try to understand it on a more of like a, 
not a professional level, but I, I want to understand like what what's going on, like why do people make decisions and stuff like that. Hmm. So I do want to understand it on a competitive level next year. So that's what I'm trying to get into next year. That's one of my personal goals okay. is to play more and watch more League of Legends. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm too late <laughs> to be honest. Right. Um, I don't think you're too late. I don't think you're too late because League of Legends makes uh, Riot Games the backbone of their bank account. I'm certain, yeah. or at least part of it. Well, that 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 I I call it backbone. I'm not certain. Uh, of course, I can't say that. But the part of their revenue that is League of Legends, of course, is ever shrinking uh, by the day as things like Arcane come out and they have other revenue streams. But uh, I think yeah. League of Legends is still a pretty significant revenue revenue stream, and all the other lore is based on the game. The game came first, yeah. right? And so they, so the, of course, they have to keep the game healthy, and the competitive scene is a real one. Um, right. And so as, as long yeah. as they're keeping that professional scene going, uh, and and it's you know representing people with different levels of skill competing with each other uh, over the internet. Uh, I love it. One of the things that I that I don't think I've got a chance to say, maybe because I hadn't had it fully thought out, uh, but one of the things I love about video games is that in today's world, in today's globalized world, more and more individuals in small suburban cities are forced to compare their own behavior patterns to the world's most successful people um and that's the standard and that being the standard can be let's say traumatizing uh not not to use well i i shouldn't say traumatizing because i actually want to restrict trauma to more um more kind of physically violent um events but i want to say it's it's psychologically uh, uh, uh you know, resistant friction, right? There's a psychological mm -hmm. friction to getting up and going when you go from where, when you go from, when you compare where you are to 300 billion, right? Right. right. Uh, and so games give people, mostly men, but it can be women too, or anybody, right? It, it, all that matters is you have optional hand, uh, I mean, for, uh, op operational hands. Games, give people all the all the infinite ladders on which to compete like if we right. can if we can mm -hmm. you know instead of having one hierarchy for 10 billion humans how about we have i don't know a billion hierarchies for 10 billion humans in which people can feel proud and show off their skill and earn money and be the backbone of their family you know let's let's expand opportunity let's expand the way we think about opportunity and include the plethora of skill sets that are represented by just dexterous hand eye and foot coordination um right. and let people let's 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 allow those industries to boom because the experiences of being on the other side of these peripherals is enjoyable and i sincerely sincerely believe that first person enjoyment might be one of the best paths towards satisfying uh, your instinct for meaning Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can kind of see that going forward, right? Um, mm. you, you know, I, I guess I get they do these things where they have rankings and all that stuff, and you do compare yourselves through, uh, you know, I guess uh, other people in real life, in real time, right? But then uh, there are specific, very uh, niche uh, communities out there that kind of do that and take it to another level, and and, and that's where these competitive gamings are coming from um i don't know have you ever been to a fighting game event have you ever gone to one of those a fighting game event 
yeah. no, I don't believe well, fighting. Okay. No, no, I don't believe so. Don't believe okay. So. Well, it's kind of like what you were describing. I've right? been to a StarCraft II yeah. e- uh, event. Nothing like that. Nothing like, like that. Okay. Nothing like. So there's co- there's one coming up in Anaheim, right? And you know, if that's you have where time, I went to my StarCraft II event. Incidentally, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have time and you have the money, I would say go check it out. I would say it's 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 under DreamHack, their banner, right? And so they hosted a couple of different games, but. Speaking of fighting games uh, specifically, that, and that's that's kind of where the background I come from, arcades and all that stuff, right? Mm. Um, you are literally it's it's like a poker tournament. You go in and you compete with all these. Uh, anyone can join, anyone can jump in, and anyone can play. But it's it, it's a it's a different experience, right? Because when you're playing with League of Legends and Halo, you're kind of on your computer. Sometimes you can you play sure? across the world. Uh, let me see. Um, wait, probably uh, no, none of those, none of those essential. Safe choices, yeah. So, I'm looking at DreamHack. It says yeah, DreamHack Anaheim. Uh, DreamHack.com. I don't see oh, Anaheim. Where? Yeah, yeah. There's, there, it's coming up next year. Anaheim 2022, February 11th to February 13th. Where? I'm just not saying it. Yeah. Melbourne, it's Rotterdam, dead. Atlanta, Winter, Madrid. I'm not seeing it. Really? Dallas. DreamHack, even if uh, try DreamHack one word, can you see DreamHack Atlanta? D R E A M D R E A M H A C K dot C O M. Yep, that's and then forward slash Anaheim, and then forward slash Anaheim. Mm-hmm. This is your world, DreamHack Anaheim, twenty twenty two, February eleventh through February thirteenth, twenty twenty two, Anaheim Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Activities. Ticket types. Yeah. COVID. Watch out for that goddamn bug. Yeah. yeah watch yeah. out it's for really, that goddamn COVID. We better watch out. But I, I, again, it's it's really intimate. In, uh, what's it called? It, it's really intimate. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, it's like, it's kind of like taking Ooh, that online. Geez, Louise, what is this? Where did I click on to? I saw some prices. It blew me away. Uh, I, I clicked onto the family section. <laughs> I'm not trying to pay for ten people. I see. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Are you going? I, I'm going to try to go. You're going to try to go. I'm going to try. I don't okay. know if I'm going to compete uh, per se, just because I think it starts on a Friday. I think it does. And if I if I do get far and I I do do well, mm. then I would have to go back on Saturday and then on uh, and then uh you know if you do really well, which I don't think I'm going to do extremely well. To go back on Sunday, you know, so I think I'm just going to go and watch, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. But yeah, man, I, I would highly suggest watch it over on Twitch and, and stuff like that. Just look at the background. I would say look at the, the background and the vibes and kind of like watch the players because they're right next to each other. I do and have so- a buddy who was actually a previous guest on the, on the mm-hmm. show, a dude named Mike, who's a fighting game um, more than enthusiast. I would call him semi pro. Yeah. Uh, who's just and when I go to him, he is my bottomless well of fighting game knowledge. <laughs> right. So if I have any 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 and all questions fighting game, I go to my yeah. buddy Mike uh, and he but he, uh, he, knows, me he knows it's, it's really fun. He knows it's it's a really fun event, you know. Um, but in general, yeah, man, it's just like you're you're kind of competed and, and you're kind of put on stage with against everybody, right? As opposed to like being online, and so it, it, there, it, that's what I was saying. Like a bunch of different communities, and they have their own specific niches uh, when it comes to, um, you know, kind of just 
comparing yourself to other people, right? Which I don't think is always the kind of greatest thing ever, but I would say in a competitive standpoint, it is very unique. And, and I think it's a very fun time, which I, which I do encourage people to go and try out. It's, it's really fun. Um, and yeah, man, I, I think, uh, I think that just idea of, you know, trying to get people on kind of a way to create income and, and kind of, exposing yourself for those kind of talents and skills it is it's very fun especially with the with twitch nowadays right and so um it's really interesting how i I guess it's grown to that kind of uh media and kind of uh channel where people can do that And, and i and i hope people can take advantage of that even though you know you're kind of paying into a larger corporation um but i believe like this day and age you know it's it's I guess it's it's now better than ever to kind of create your own brand, and so uh, Twitch well, does give you guys. Yeah, that. it's it's a that I would say the branding is an option that's become a become branding has become an option because of high speed uh, internet, right? So high speed internet has changed <laughs> changed the game for the way we do a lot of uh, communication, and I think branding, individual branding, that I think that's one of the things that came about. Uh, because we have high speed internet, but I wanted to linger a bit on on comparison uh, because mm-hmm. it's true that you know I when I look at how I behave in a given day, in a mm-hmm. given twenty four hour day, I look at okay what hours was I sleeping, and then I got up, and then what did I do for the next ten minutes, and then what did I do for the next fifteen minutes, and what did I do for the next five minutes, and the next hour, and da and I just account for all the decisions I made throughout my day for a given twenty four hour interval interval. Uh, and then I think about what I could have done better. Uh, there's always a better version that I can imagine, right? right? There's always a better way I could have behaved today is what I think pretty much every night. Uh, I write it the way as I hit the pillow. So I think, well, what's the best? And, and a natural for me, a natural reaction to that question is, well, what's the best living example, right? Because comparing my own behavior today to my ideal behavior <laughs> I'm going to come up short every single night, right? And there's no way going to. So let me look at the best of what's actually happening. And then let me pick one of those. And so I pick Elon Musk. I, I've been celebrating Elon Musk, huge fanboy for years. Uh, I think he's changed the world and the world is just catching up slowly. You know, the world, to me, the world was changed on the day when Elon Musk announced the solar roof power wall combo. You know, in the in that little mock kind of suburban area, or not mock, I think that was a real house they had here, had there that they had equipped with it. But that when I saw that announcement, I said, "Oh, that's it. That's the solution. That's it. You put solar panels on top of every building. You put batteries in every building. Problem solved. Grid problem solved. Right. So we solved the grid problem. Right. And I was excited. I was going, "Oh, we solved the grid problem. Right. Grid problem solved. Right. No, nobody, nobody's interested. Nobody wants to do it. What are you going to do? Change? <laughs> are you going to change what we're doing? You sell it. You sell it first. They tell them the giants. They said, you, you sell it first, Tesla. Then if you sell it, we'll follow. Okay. Fair enough. So he's trying to sell the things. And I still think the world has changed. The tech is there. We can have a different society than what we have now with the assets on hand is what I'm saying. With the assets on hand, we can have the utopia that our grandparents thought they would be living in the year 2021. We can have that. The resources are being hoarded, and we have to address that. I think you cut out a little bit, dude. I'm sorry. Did I? Just a little bit. Just oh, a little bit. I'm sorry. But I did get you. I get you. I got the the end of the tail end of it of the uh, you know resources of managing your own brand and all that. So I did catch that. So. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. So let's see. Fortnite, Among Us, Minecraft. Have you seen this game, Bigfoot? 
I have not. I am about to look at it right now. I actually. was looking at it. I was looking at someone. Tell me who you're looking at. We'll react to the same stream. I was looking the at squeezy, was looking whatever. squeezy French. Yeah. Yeah, squeezy I, I don't French. know what this is. I don't know. I don't know what this is. I was looking but at it. Yeah. Whoa, I, don't know. I wonder how like that hype. Tr- and maybe you know more than me. Like, how mm. does that like uh, become like a popular game? Like, wh- where does the hype come from? Is, is it like top streamers are deciding to play a game and everybody else wants to play it, or it, does it look like a promising game and then people want to play it? Like, I, I, I don't necessarily understand like the whole scope of how does a game get popular, especially like ones like these yeah. ones. Well, there's no one way, right? So you mm-hmm. just you just look at all the small factors that go into the popularity of a given game when it arises. And so looking at this one now, all we can do is examine the evidence we have. So looking at Bigfoot now, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna look at this, I'm gonna go, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, So there are eight streamers streaming this game, right? There are eight people streaming it on Twitch right now that I can see from US server yeah, or whatever, whatever server it is I'm logging through. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the first guy's got 49,000 viewers. And then there's 15, maybe 16,000 on the next one, 7,000 on the next one, 700 on the next one, 35 on the next, 16, 2, and 1 going down in some fashion. You know what? <laughs> I bet you if you reverse that scale, if you, if, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do viewers load high. So I bet you this sequence of numbers, 1, 2, 16, 35, 685, 6.6,000, 15.8,000, 49.3K thousand. I bet you that sequence of numbers would be beautiful on a graph. Um, mm. But uh, <laughs> at any rate, this to me looks like an organic game that's really been released. Not a lot of people know about it, but this dude, Squeezy, Squeezy somehow has got this thing rolling. Uh, maybe yeah. he's got a contract now. Maybe here's now. Here's the thing. Okay, so those are the numbers that we see on the front end, and the numbers that we see at the top for the game, Bigfoot seventy-two thousand dollars. That adds up. What we don't know is who's watching Squeezy when we have 40, right. forty-nine thousand three hundred and seven people watching them. Is that forty-nine thousand three hundred seven people, or is that you know thirty people in a tens of thousands of bots? And so what I do personally is I come over to the chat and I look at it. <laughs> I was on a stream right, one yeah, time. Yeah. This happened This happened maybe like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I laughed out loud. I literally laughed out loud. I was watching this streamer <laughs> play some game, some obscure game. He had 2,012 viewers, right? <laughs> he had 2,012 live viewers. And I'm going, okay. So I'm watching. I'm looking at the chat. There's nobody. I talked to him. I said something to him. He reacted. He talked. And I sit there and I see nothing else. And I say something else to him, and he sees it, he reacts, he talks, and then somebody else comes in, and I, maybe I jumped in and said something. I said, oh, there are five people here. <laughs> I said, there, right. there are five people here right now. Yeah. So that 2,000, that's not real. That's not yeah. real. So I have encountered that on Twitch, and so I, I have first-person evidence that that goes on. Um yeah, and that's where I land. Looking at this game. Is that still like a thing? Is that is that still like botting? Like I said, like that? that was three weeks ago, so... Jeez, yeah. man. Yeah, you know the thing. That, that's the thing man, that confuses me about Twitch, right? It's just like, like what's real and what's not real, and yeah. like what kind of actions are the company taking uh, so that we can prevent stuff like this in that's the right. future, right? That's right. So, 
what I'm concerned about is like, you know, you know what people are trying to make their money, trying to make get all these sponsorship deals and all that stuff. But like, how much is it legitimately worked on and worked for, right? Yeah. And, and besides getting like these kind of fake bots, and I, and I, I'm not saying everyone does it. I'm just kind of curious in a way where it's like, you know, how did they really pull this off and all that stuff? So, and doing and so judging judging that guy's Twitch. I mean, judging that guy's chat, it was absolutely streaming by. You couldn't follow a thing. So judging by that, yeah. by that guy's chat, there were yes, there were tens of thousands of people in that chat. So I believe that Bigfoot is or is organic. It's somehow that dude spread and somehow it's hit. I believe it's a real game that's in its whatever phase and it's limited to French. Almost all of them were French, so it's a, it must yeah. be a French developer. Um, and also with the with the self comparison thing, so I compare myself to the highest possible human in terms of what's realistically possible for my own behavior right mm -hmm. and so that's what i do with with uh elon i say okay elon i respect you as a, as a person i admire what you're doing i look at the way you behave and i use that as a as a, a totem you know as a i use that as a signal as an inspiration to just to go look just as a human being he's got his biceps aren't particularly more special than mine right his brain is his brain is, <laughs> but his physical body is not. But here's another thing. The decisions that he makes are not particularly superhuman. He just sits and works and he sits and works and he sits and works. And it's not that he's working super hard. He just does it a lot more hours than the rest of us do. Mm -hmm. Right. There, there comes a point at which I have to zone out, play video games, uh, you know, turn my mind open to <laughs> I'm a philosopher. So there are times where I have to zone, just turn out, open my mind to all things and I get dragged around by social media and I try to avoid being dragged around by social media while well, and then i have to tell myself not to let the youtube homepage think for me and think for myself about what i want to <laughs> see next and i always want to see something to watch something and consume and i'm a practicing hedonist i've thought about that recently i'm certainly a practicing hedonist always looking for the next seed of pleasure i'm not ignorant mm -hmm. of the fact that this moment has an inherent suffering that rides along with it constantly and there's no getting rid of it and that's the the hole that you're trying to fill doesn't have a bottom it's god-shaped i'm aware of that um, that doesn't prevent me from practicing hedonism because you know what? Let me tell you something that's fun, okay? Let's say you just urinated. Let's say you just urinated. I just you, did. I, I literally just did. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm happy you. So for you, this is a real thing. You just <laughs> urinated. You just expelled waste from your gelatinous endoskeletal body. You feel okay. like you have a little good positive feeling now that you got rid of yeah. that waste. You did it in a civilized way. Nobody got hit with splash. There weren't any documents that were damaged or destroyed during the act of the waste expulsion. So everything's good, right? So yep, yep. you can now anticipate maybe a cookie, maybe a, a task that you enjoy, maybe a song, maybe a, yep. a responsibility, maybe a check mark that you meant to do, maybe a maybe a, a pleasure that you're just gonna let yourself have at this very moment, right? Maybe you you set it up like one thing that I do is I'll set it up. I'll go okay. Let's say I'm washing my hands after I urinated. That's why I think of this guy. I did this the other day. I said okay, I'm gonna go in the front room. <laughs> I'm gonna put my sweater on. I'm gonna put a cup of tea on. I'm gonna put some honey in the tea. I'm gonna turn okay. the heater. I'm gonna turn the heater on, okay? And I'm gonna turn the blinds open because it's an overcast day and it's enough light to come in. It's different for for us here. And then I'm gonna yeah. sit in my chair. So while I'm washing my hands, I'm setting up a scenario in which I'm anticipating a pleasure. For me, that's hedonism, in which you're yeah. always setting up a future pleasure. Now, if you're not careful, you can kind of end up trapped 
in that all pleasure exists in the future type of mentality, right. which isn't healthy. No, that's not true. Uh, all pleasure exists in the moment. <laughs> and it's a kind of a paradox. And, it, and it, you yeah. know, it bends my mind even saying it out loud. But the truth is, the only time you can experience anything is right now. So you have to have an intimate relationship with this moment before you begin anticipating anything that might happen in the future. Because you might get hit by a bus, man. You got to think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're right. You know, definitely. You know, like, again, I, and, and I go back to kind of just like playing video games, right? And, and preparing for League of Legends, just mm. like watching for next year, right? Mm. I know that for myself, I need to kind of get over some hurdles, like either watch tutorials and stuff like that. And play. And just also, play games. Just play games. Just lose. Play, play people that are better than you. Play people who exactly. are as good as you want to be. Exactly. If you want to be masters, play against masters. Yep, yep. And it's more like, you know, it's not pleasurable in that moment, but I am waiting. I'm working for that one pleasure that I will feel in that specific moment. What's, you know? your, target? Your, What's your target league? I, I don't even know, like, the basis of, like, the rankings, you know. That's, Have you ever played a MOBA? I've played the, the closest thing is the one from Blizzard. Um, Heroes of the Storm. That's the, like, that's one I put my most time ever Yeah, that's into. like, Heroes of the Storm is... Yeah probably my it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be fighting for second for my favorite game of all time my favorite is minecraft and so there's only a fight for second really but um heroes will be there i've played a lot of heroes (laughs) i've played a lot of heroes i like heroes because it's extremely short like under 15 minutes well Um, 20 20 minutes under 30 under 30 yeah 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 um it looks great and it's yes. very easy to understand it's easy. not just yes. like throwing those towers or anything like that you know Dude, what I'm it's saying? fun it's fun it's a game built that's meant to just be fun that's yeah. it and so for league it's like a, it's like a 180 right i i don't know what to expect i don't even know the ranking system and stuff like that i don't know what oh, really good. And so okay that, that's what learn. well i can I, I can tell you a little bit then i can tell you that league follows the um at this point, it's traditional, but they're they're part of the tradition, right? Them doing it makes it part of the tradition. Mm-hmm. Is the metal diamond master format, which is where you have bronze, uh, silver, gold, uh, platinum, and so that's metal. Those are the metal mm-hmm. leagues. Uh, and I've heard it said recently by a master, or I'm sorry, by a grandmaster, by a high grandmaster, professional StarCraft two player, that said that look, all the metal leagues are the same. Right. There's really no that not that much of a skill difference between someone in bronze, low level bronze, the very lowest of bronze and the very highest of platinum. He said mm-hmm. you are he said you aren't beginning to see a true skill differentiation from his perspective. Right. This is at the top of Grandmaster. From his perspective, you aren't beginning to see a true skill differentiation until you get into, say, something like high diamond master. Yeah, now that's where it's happening. That's where the game is being played now. At High Diamond Master, those guys are, you know, those guys they're only making a wrong click every 20 or 30 or so, right? So they're making 19 clicks in a row that are perfect and then maybe one thing they click accidentally. And they go ah yeah. and they go ah. All right, well, where's me? If I hit one out of 20 and I meant to do it, I go, okay, that that was good. I'm lying, I'm exaggerating. I'm not mm-hmm. that bad. Uh for me about for me it's about half. <laughs> I'm not yeah, a bro- I'm bronze. I'm like, bronze two on a good day. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I don't even know like what the optimal like movement is. I don't yeah. know. Oh dude, you got you can get into it. Just look, let me tell you this. As someone going into League of Legends, uh, mm-hmm. from someone who's been in League of Legends, don't talk to the people. 
Don't try. Yeah. To, don't try to make yeah. friends. Don't. Yeah. I, if you can turn the chat off and just you play, can. you can. I think you can. I. I, I again, that, that's how of a not. Let that's me how much of a I'm, right? gonna, I'm gonna ask Google. Let's see what Google says. Yeah. Can and you so, turn yeah, off chat on League of Legends? The community is too toxic, dude. Is is that what it is? Yes. And, and you know, the the thing is that like, that's what actually interests me the most, right? Because what, the chat. Well, not, it's not only that, but as a fighting game player, you're only by yourself. Like you, you only fight by yourself. It's always a one on one kind of scenario. True. Um, I've never played a game besides maybe shooting, right? Where it's like a team composition kind of thing, which is which is crazy, right? Because you and I, we work together, right? And I'm all about teamwork. I'm all about making sure that the the group as a whole succeeds, right? Yeah, I've never had a game like that. There, oh, okay. There's not well, really so what they have, I mean, um, and this is. Let me see. You're gonna so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive a little bit deeper into an area where you're gonna get more mixed, even more mixed opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this that there is a pretty robust ping system, smart ping system, mm-hmm. and I suspect. Now I haven't done this, and so I'm not speaking from experience, but this is just my sus- suspicion. I suspect that you could go to platinum that you could go sh- to gold league and high and platinum gold and platinum uh without chat at all without chat at all simply on the smart pings simply right. by people pinging dragon i mean uh, it's dragon has been so long pinging drake and pinging the rift herald and pinging the the um baron and you know just people pinging towers and pinging camps or whatever you know and question marks saying out of sight and you know i think that level of communication would be enough for you to just pick up a hero right or two and a handful Mm -hmm. of heroes or let's say a role let's say assassin or bruiser or tank or whatever whatever makes you feel fun whatever makes you have a good time healer whatever and and you go in there you know jungler uh and you go in there you or mid laner top laner you play your i gotta remember in league terms i'm thinking of heroes terms because in heroes it's roles it's not lanes but in league it's lanes so if you want to go in if you want a top lane if you want a mid or if you want a bot or if you want to uh you know adc or support range adc or support whatever you want to do or if you want to jungle whatever you want to do right and just practice and play listen to whatever your music you need <laughs> Listen to whatever right. podcast you need. Do not communicate with the community inside of League of Legends uh, as someone who's been just pushed out due to toxicity. But it, again, it's been many, many years since I've interacted with it. Hopefully, it's better. Right, right, right. And that's the thing, right? Um, hmm. I, I kind of feel like I want to read those things. Something, and, and and that's just sure, I'm not do it. I, Experience it for yourself, man. That, that's exactly what I want to oh, do, yeah. right? Do that. Um, there's a lot of it because, there. <laughs> There's not a lot of interactions like online fighting games. Like you, you your gameplay does the talking, right? Because it's one on one, you can try to tell. Yeah, but in 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 league, I like you're like totally different areas of the map, uh, and you don't know what's going on up there, right? Without like jumping there and reviewing no, your teammates. No, no, you have the mini map. There's DLC. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? But like you're constantly having to jump, jump back and forth while. Man. Yeah, so no, you just you just keeping your eyes on the mini map. You you know where you are on the map, and then you keep your eyes on the mini map, and then that's how you play the game. Yeah, I've played a lot of Heroes of the Storm. I've probably put in. Is there a way to? I wonder if there. Let me see. How can I? It would be in the game, wouldn't it? How can I see how many hours of Heroes of the Storm I played? <laughs> of hot. It should be all that stuff. All this stuff. Should be, it should be on your account somewhere, right? 
Is it possible to know how many hours you've played of HOTS? Uh, let's see. Is it possible to know how many hours you've played of HOTS? This is January 10th, maybe maybe last year? Something like this, right? Like Steam does. Uh, Heroes profile shows your hours played. Interesting. I played a lot of Heroes. Uh, I played, yeah, a, lot sure. of, I played yeah, yeah. a lot of Heroes. I am... I haven't been play. I don't play a lot of ranked, but now that I've been playing ranked, I think I was gold five. I'm I'm on the edge of silver one and gold five. Right, uh, right. So when I'm in playing well, I go gold, and then maybe I have a shot at gold four. If I step in and I'm playing poorly, then I'm dropping to silver two, right? And so that's where that's my swing for my particular skill level. Right. And I just enjoy yeah, and, the game, you know. I just enjoy the game, and yeah. I feel like the mark of a, one mark of a good game is you have to enjoy losing. Because <laughs> if the game is, is if the game isn't fun to lose in, then it's not fun to play. I, exactly, yes. And I do. I, I think losing is kind of like one of the best parts of like any game because like that's where you kind of finally pick yourself up and like, all right, where do I go from here? Mm. And so I do share that sentiment. Losing should be fun, right? It should be extremely fun. Um, and and I, I think that's why like I like fighting games. I'll talk to you next year. We're gonna have like a 2022 update uh, with Alex Dara, and he's like, he's the topic. Of, hey, where are you with League now? Like, how far did you get? <laughs> and it's gonna be like uh, barely anywhere. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, so I'm excited. I, I'm very, I am excited. I, I'm very excited for that. So we'll see how it goes, man. We'll, we'll really see how it goes. Good. Hey, I'm excited for you, man. I let me tell you the thing that I've been doing for the past uh about wow, how long has it been? It's been about two months, and it's been a two months that's gone by real fast, okay? Maybe maybe I've really been I had to develop it over the first month, so I've really been doing it for the last month. And it's right. where I play a game, okay, on my main screen. I've got two screens. One to, that's kind of central that's bigger and another one that's good size or I can give the real numbers I guess. I don't see why not. Uh, the the central one is like a 42 and the one to the right is like a 27. So right. you know a couple of screens. Uh, and the central one's curved too. It's nice. It's a nice big one. Uh, and I'm playing my game there and then the one on the right I'm watching a Twitch stream but, mm-hmm. but their game is on mute and I'm listening to lo-fi hip-hop. Nice. Right? So that last little touch really create. I mean, you look, you take that setup right there. I'm telling you, brother. You take that setup right there. You put yourself a mellow scented candle on. You get yourself some coffee. Dude. 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 Live your life, man. Looking out the window. I'm looking out the window right now. Eucalyptus trees and pine trees. It's a cloudy day in Southern California. I love it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is I do the exact opposite, dude. I do the exact opposite. I put my video game down, music down. I put no music. And I watch like a pro player playing that game, uh, doing all that stuff. Or sometimes it's not even like the same game. Sometimes I'll put something else on. uh, But I do the exact opposite. Dude, you know what would be? You know it would be good for you watching a pro player play from their perspective. So you're watching a pro. So we're talking about. Look, we're both on Twitch right now, right? Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. this is what you're talking about. Let me see. You're talking about something like if we go in the league, or let me open up my sidebar. I like my sidebar here. My follow channels on the left side yeah. of Twitch because that mm-hmm. I can. That's just at a glance that shows me, uh, you know who's that I like and then what are they playing? Right. So I'm a cutie pie is playing League of Legends. So let's would you, are you willing to watch some I'm a cutie pie right now? Yeah. 
I just Dude. I just got a Capital One commercial. <laughs> uh, man, these community these commercials, man. These, they, these they're gonna follow us everywhere, man. Hey, the hey, look, the ad model moves money, right? It moves yeah. money and it delivers product. So yeah, yeah. I'm grateful to have the ad model for what it's done. But let's all let, let's all not pretend like there aren't more desirable options, right? Like like a life without ads isn't more desirable inherently. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. watching Cutie. So you're watching him ADC right now as um I don't know that that champion's name. Do you know that champion's name? The cowboy? Dude, I don't know anything. And the, the reason know. why I'm getting into it is because of the show, which <laughs> again, right, dude, right? Like that omnipresence, like what they're doing with uh, their with their brand, it is it's doing a good job, man. That's me, the main reason why I'm getting into this game. It's because it is. of the show, right? Um, and then, you know, obviously now, like, I'm, I'm going to slowly start to get into this stuff. And so, yeah, man, like the way he moves back and forth, like, I don't understand, like, why, why does he go back and forth? Like, what, how did he just get that person? Like, how did he know to like shoot there and predict mm-hmm. that, you know? Mm-hmm. So none of that stuff is, I, I it's it. not, you know, I get it. I get it. Makes sense. That makes sense to me. Let me, uh, let me, let me pivot you. Let me pivot you a little bit. So I'm a huge proponent of basic income. Uh, I am, you know, this, this podcast isn't a quote unquote basic income podcast, right? Uh, My, my show is just about me talking to people. Uh, But I am at the moment, a huge proponent of basic income. Uh, What is you too? (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You too. You too. So tell, tell me what is your preferred, basic income plan what plan would you like to see if old uh sleepy ass joe biden if old joe uh, biden uh were to sign a document that said this is basic income in the united states of america uh and let's say you know what screw screw joe biden because it's not all about the executive let's say i don't know 60 percent of the dems and 60 percent of republicans agreed on this particular basic income package and it was passed through the congress the way we all understand a working congress would pass uh, a piece of legislation not saying of course this is fantasy land this is freaking mm-hmm. fantasy land that you would have a majority of democrats and a majority of republicans agree on something that's good for the common american because that's just fantasy uh, which is yeah. ridiculous still if that was the bill that they then sent to the sleepy ass president and he signed it and it came to the rest of us, what would you want it to be in that bill? In that law, I'm sorry, in that law, that bill that Congress um, had just signed in the law. Right, right. And most likely, right, what, what it would look like, right, mm-hmm. is, for, and this is for me, right, I, I'm definitely not a politics guy or anything like that, right? It would probably be an average, um, the minimum that we would get a month it would be probably like an, an average of kind of uh like the family household like what is an average family household look like and what is the minimum that they would survive on and probably apply that to most people right it probably would be something looking like that right mm. um maybe the divided by tax brackets or whatever right but in general right it, it would be enough where people could experiment uh and kind of invest without having too much taking too much of a Kind of a dive right and, and kind of mitigate that risk be it based off of that so i don't know i don't know if it's a thousand dollars a month i don't know if it's going to be like proportioned to that i would assume it's difficult but there are definitely some smart people out there uh, but in general it's just for me like i'd like to take a couple of risks here and there i'd like to make sure that you know 
if I wasn't working the job that, you know, I do enjoy, but maybe I wanted to pivot a little bit, right? That, that's what I'll, I would be looking for, just enough to make sure that, you know, I have enough income so I can take a dive, obviously, hopefully uh, get like some free health care with all that stuff as well, you know, so um, just to cover those expenses. Mm. And then from that point on, you know, whatever leftover money is that I can mess, I can mess around with. Um, what would you do if we had a, let's say, because you, you just got a nice raise. So I want to, let me see. Let me see if I can think of a number. So there's there's not a number that would make sense for you now. But let me ask mm-hmm. the Alex Dara that was making, let's say, $45,000 a year. Okay. So mm-hmm. back, when, back when there was an Alex Dara, was there ever a time where you made about that? It was, yeah, sure, definitely. sure, sure. Of course, of course. Got to climb, got to work your way up, right? So there was a time, there was a time you were making that. Um, and so when you were making that, the equivalent of what would have been, let's say, $1,200 a month at, the, at that Alex Dara's times and dollars. And then, right. you know, stretch that out for what it is today for people based on inflation, you know, because it's going up and we don't, and they always say basic income would contribute to inflation. I don't believe it would, but that's another discussion nevertheless. So what what would it mean to that AD, right? The experience in that then? What what difference would that have made for the way you thought about your future, knowing that that $1,200 a month was guaranteed for the rest of your days, no matter what you were doing? And healthcare, and national healthcare. Yeah, Yeah, I Taking a lot more risks, right? A lot mm, more, mm. A, a lot more, more entrepreneurial, um, right? Which we I want. Say, hey, I'm an American, mm. red, white, and blue. I want entrepreneurs. Basic income encourages entrepreneurship because it gives people a place to land if the business doesn't work out. And currently, that type of safety is only being passed through familial lineages, which it should right. be passed through familial lineages. I'm, I'm going to say this phrase. <laughs> familial lineages but it shouldn't only go through familial lineages that's the problem it's great that it goes through families it doesn't have to only go through families because because we can do it for the public with the assets on hand right 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 and yeah and and i I would say if i was i was definitely younger back then right but then you know one of the things is just like I hated kind of this, uh, this mindset, uh, and I think a lot of Asian people go through it, right? Mm-hmm. More like you know, you, you don't take a lot of chances because you know you don't have a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. where it's like to make good money. You know, that's where your parents came from and do all that stuff. Luckily, my parents were great; they were, they were very supportive, right? Um, but I still had like kind of that fear of like, mm, if I took a chance, you know, mm-hmm. I only have X amount of time, you know. How how long would that take me to recuperate and all that stuff? So it, it is in the back of your mind when you don't have that extra cash, right? It, it is a scary thought, right? That's right. And so I think, I think if we if we ever got that chance, I, I, w- I definitely would say that I would do things more that I was interested in as opposed to things that I was good at, right? That's and right. so I would have been able to take that chance. But right now it's just, I'm not saying it's too late for me, right? But I also feel like- Never too late. It's never too late to be what you might have become. I also do feel like you really have to think about it a lot more now, right? Than than, than you would originally would you have do. To. You would, well, you here's a. I'm 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 happy you said you have to think about it a lot more. Is that what you just said? Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you did say that. You said you have to think about it a lot more. Yeah. Right? As a, as opposed to 
getting to think about it a lot more, yeah. <laughs> which is and a subtle distinction. Yeah. It's a sub, but it's there, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's, imp- it's impossible. That's mm. definitely not the case. Mm. It's just a lot more risk when you're older, especially mm. when you start family. True. You're not as, True. you know, young and, you know, you're not as, uh, I guess, no, I de- would say, no dependence, no living dependence. You know, Right, and yeah. so, yeah, I, I, I man, I, I wish that was a thing, and and I still wish it was a thing, you know, for the future of you know our families and stuff. Like, I do wish that well, it, it is still a thing, you know, hmm. how that yeah. will work out. It's not up for me to decide, but I do hope that you know all that stuff comes along, you know. Hmm. And I think it's bullshit where people say like, you know, people are gonna take away from like trying to work and stuff like that. They're just kind of kind of cruise. You can only do nothing for so long. You know, have you have you have there has there been a, a time and period of your life where it's like you're not working, you're in an okay financial situation, and you don't have to do anything? Have you ever been in that situation where I'm not working, right? But you don't have too much responsibility. But I don't have too much responsibility. Uh, you're talking about and living under someone else's roof. I'm presuming that's fine too. Yeah, is yeah. that fine that's- too? Or living under my own roof because that would be different if I'm somehow, but I'm not providing. So, am I providing my own roof? I guess I want to ask that question. Am yeah, I? Pro- I would say you're, you're living in a comfortable position where you don't have to do anything. You but, don't. But am I? Work. But am I providing my own roof with when I don't do anything? Um, I would say no. Maybe I'm not. Following, yeah, maybe you're living with your parents. Living with my parents. So if I'm not providing my own roof, then uh, doing nothing is a moral failure. If I'm not providing my own roof. Right, right, right. Yeah, if that's a problem, I mean, for me, that's a social problem. So me as a neighbor, right? Let's say my, let's say I've got two um, elderly neighbors and they've got an adult son and their adult son sits in their backyard and smokes weed half the day and sits inside Mm -hmm. and masturbates the other half or i'm sorry two-thirds he sleeps the other third and that's all he ever does uh stink up my yard and masturbate next to his window uh so but you know i disapprove of that so as a neighbor as society, I say that that man is committing an ethical failure by not right. going to provide his own roof, but it is the prerogative of the people providing the roof for whoever they want to have in their roof. <laughs> it's their prerogative. So they can have as many dead beats as they want in their house. It's, not, it's their house. Um, yeah, and, and that's how I stand on it. Yeah. The thing for me is, like, I wonder if, you know, if they had that chance to take risk, like with all that extra money, right? Would they still be like that? Would they still would sit they around? still sit around and do? Um, so the, I, I know, that's I know that right. Different. Yes. The, different. For me, I've I've had like months where I wasn't working, you know, and, and I was being taken care of, of course. Mm-hmm. But after a while, like doing nothing is just it's mind numbing, right? It is. You're asking about you're asking about human nature, right? You're asking about well, what does a person do when they don't have to do anything? That's yeah. the question you're asking, right? And so that's a question that's asking human nature. And I land on if a person doesn't have to do anything, then the only things they're going to do are the things that they want to do with the resources that are available. Is that a bad thing? Right? So. It's not a bad thing. But what we have in our society because I guess, you know what, as I say that out loud, I think of the black box or the black ball. 
So as I say that out loud, when we think of the fact that people might one day get the recipe to nuclear bombs that they can make in their own kitchen, you don't right. want uh, individuals to have ultimate freedom. So this is something, this is a principle that's deep in the, from what I understand, the Chinese culture that makes it fundamentally different than the American culture, which is that Chinese people, uh, as far as I understand, and if they're, hey, if there's anybody Chinese listening who or, or not Chinese who understands that I'm way wrong about this, please uh, send an email or do something. Um, yeah. Anyway, Chinese people, um, they think, they understand that there's a flaw, there's a risk, there's an inherent risk in giving right. in individuals with so much power because it just, it corrupts them and it corrupts society and what they believe is that a government should be led by a noble person who knows how to keep human individual corruption at bay and that's right. what's best for the group. So they are surviving as a group. U.S., it's hurting well, cats. It, it's hurting cats. Yeah. But in China, they move as a group and there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of yeah. staying power in that. Uh, um, and so we need to what, and so what I think we should do in the United States is we should leverage the culture that we've already committed to. Right. Mm -hmm. We there's no there's no convincing Americans that government uh, eminent domain is a way to way to happen. There's there's no way there's there's no going down that road. There's no getting guns off the streets in America. There's no way. So we are committed 100% committed to individualism, free individual freedom and a right to bear arms. We're just there. That's where we live. We're going to live in that yeah. space. We aren't going to get yeah. out of that space. I think we can just stop fighting about, <laughs> you know, now here's where I am on guns. I don't know why I'm talking about guns, but here we are about guns. We need to treat them more like cars and you need to get a license and you need to train yeah. and you need to register with the state before you can have one. And the state yeah. should have a record of all the ones that exist in the state. And no, they shouldn't have to. There, there's no way that the state should be able to completely stop you from getting a gun. And what people right. argue is that, well, if you give the state the power to kind of, let's say, um, uh, filter my gun right they, let's say they can't stop it we agree that they can't stop it but we're giving them some right to you know train me and make sure that i'm skilled so we're giving them some sort of intervention some sort of delay right so they aren't stopping it but then we're allowing them to delay it some some measure how do we know that they don't just stretch that delay infinitely until over oh we're not stopping you it's just infinitely delayed right there and that's a that's a perfectly fair argument to make uh, and so i agree that restrictions would have to be in place on the actual time period in which people got their guns when they were duly trained i mean when we look at people getting their driver's licenses we don't see any undo who you know do you i don't know if you know any stories of people who are waiting seven years for their driver's license un unreasonably right and so i would i would hope that if we built a system if we ran these trials where people were licensed and registered just like a car that we would see the gun licensing system operate much like we currently see the driving uh licensing yeah. system operate i don't to me that's not unreasonable reasonable i just think you know there's no the the constitution does not guarantee guarantee you a tank and a grenade launcher uh right. you know so there's and then and, and even though it guarantees you access it doesn't guarantee you speedy access to your arms it doesn't gear right. it doesn't guarantee you cash <laughs> cash right. no id over the counter i'm gone right it doesn't right. guarantee you that that's not what the document says from where how where i read it uh, but you definitely have a right to have the gun and the government cannot stop you from getting one Right, right, right. Kind yeah. of interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of political stuff, mm. but I do watch a good amount of political satire shows. Okay, like Stewart and uh, John Oliver, uh, Trevor Noah here and there. Right. Okay. Uh, it's been kind of old, in my opinion, but 
in general, I think they just had a, a topic. Uh, John Stewart just had a topic with his new show, right? Mm. Uh, gun violence. And he was just like, hey, you know what? We're not trying to take guns away either. But there is a clear sign of like individuals of, you know, who do have and fall under those pressures. And one of the laws that they were saying, like, hey, how about we just take it away from people with domestic violence uh, cases? If you yes. have a resident, then you yes. can't own uh, and they were giving out some numbers that were kind of drastic, and it I seemed like that, was, that. Yeah, it was a segment of John Stewart's The Problem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his show has been great, right? In general, yeah. I, he's not like, I guess you know, throwing it down my my throat and, and saying like, hey, you know, this, this needs to be done. It's just I, I like those options that he gives. What, but anyway, uh, I, I do think it's very interesting uh, in general that you know you think of it that way because I do think like you know how like I was saying. I listened to like Theo Vaughn and stuff like that. Mm. It seems like a lot more people have a lot more co- in common than people realize. We do. So that's why we I don't do. want. And one thing mm. I wanted to say about the self before I forget, it was a train of thought that I kept trying to get back to and kept then distracting myself again, uh, <laughs> was that there's, so you, I compare my outward behavior to Elon as far as what's practically possible for a human, but I compare my development my compare my active development to who I was yesterday. And that's the yeah. only right comparison that I can make. That's yeah. the only one, yeah. right? Yeah. So even though I'm, I'm looking upward and I'm looking at the behavior of an Elon Musk or the behavior of a Jocko Willink or a, or David, or is it, is it David Goggins or Daniel Goggins? I'm pretty sure it's David Goggins. Let me see, you know, and a, and a Joe Rogan, like I said, and a Sam Harris. I follow all these guys. I love this stuff. And a JP, love Jordan Peterson. So that's upward, right? But when I'm looking kind of at myself i'm going okay am i doing better it's only to who i was yesterday it's only to the ideals that i know for myself for for me you know to thine own self be true right and so that's that's an ideal that that goes along or that's the ideal that counterbalances comparing my outward behavior to elon's because i'm also simultaneously trying to my own self be true and i feel like going after those two things balance each other out Right, 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 right. Yeah, and 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 I think that's a very fair statement, right? Like, um, again, I don't try to do that either, right? Like, well, even when I game and stuff like that, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really try to compare myself to these pros or anything like that. But I do take and, and learn from what they are going through. So it's kind of like they're kind of setting the blueprint already, especially with the the information age that we have live in. So I, I do think that's a healthy way of you know kind of just reviewing things right mm. um and making sure that you compare yourself to yourself because that's the only reason that's the only person you can that's it compare yourself with. but you can also look at other people and say hey you know what they they're doing this right uh, i'm gonna steal that i'm gonna try to do that and apply that to myself again and so yeah man i, I i'm 100 on board on, on the way you kind of just carry yourself and uh, it's very admirable, you know. And, oh, and I thank think- you, Alex. It's so nice of you to say. I admire. I love the way oh. you carry yourself, dude. You're so. Your spirit is infectious. Your laugh is infectious. You make the room lighter. You literally make the room lighter when you come in, dude. Oh, thank yeah, you. That's no, so nice of you to say. I, I think there's enough heat and kind of like. Uh, I guess there's a lot of noise outside, right? And mm. you know, mm. we, we just want to dial it in just a little bit. Just mm. hang out, kick mm. it. You, you know what? Well, that's one thing we have in common is that we both have the same type of it's called love language, right? Yeah. It, our bo- so my love language is quality time. That's my love yeah. language. Is that yeah, look, man. if you if you say you love me, come sit next to me while nothing happens. <laughs> right. 
If you say you, know you love me, come sit next to me while nothing's going on. We're just I, sitting here not doing anything. I trust me when I say those are my most favorite moments. Those uh, are those are the, the things in my life that stand out the most, right? Did, did I ever tell you the story of, of like when I really fell in love with video games? Did I ever uh, tell you that? Uh-uh. Nintendo 64, it just okay. came out. Okay. Just came out. And my cousin got it. My cousin got it. I was in elementary school. I was in third grade, I believe. And uh came out. And I saw this in his living room. And I was like, what is this? This is 64? Yeah, there's four controllers. 64, we can four controls. Okay, yeah. I'm going to grab a, a sparkling water. I'll be right back. Two seconds. Hold that thought. So, you just saw yeah. a Nintendo 64 for the first time. Right. right. And it had four ports. It had mm. Mario Kart. Mm. And I fell in love right away. Mm. I, I played right away. Um, and as I've gotten older, I, it's synonymous. Spending time playing video games with family members and friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that and that kind of together uh it, it really resonated with me and, and so you know that's kind of like how i carry myself now right it's just like making sure that you know all the lessons i've learned playing video games competitively spiritually uh and you know and just that kind of community building with that right um, that's always stuck around with me. And so, you know, spending quality time doing those things together, even though, you know, you're doing things kind of like, it could be like boring, but you're doing it together. I think those are, I, I, those are the probably the best moments, right? That's right. Uh, in, in my life. And even going through like, kind of like wars together, like just kind of like going through like shitty situations and stuff like that. You're doing it together is if you're with me with, with through those bad times and stuff like that, even then, True. you know, you can still look back that hey, we had that moment together and you know, it just makes our bond grow stronger. So yeah, man. Uh yeah, I, I do think it's a, it's important, you know, to make sure that, you know, we have that kind of connection. And that's an even <laughs> going through hard times is an even stronger one than being together during good times. You know, and so for me, yeah, my my love language is quality time. And then for me, quality time, it's my love language during peace times, you know, during sit on the picnic and just eat a sandwich and just feel the sun and watch the dog. Right. Uh, Yeah. It's my quality. It's my language then. And it's also and it's also my language when uh, people are dying and and, uh, we're we're losing what we had. And and the outlook is now gone from possibly optimistic to to really, really bleak. And we find ourselves having to brace for something that we really didn't see coming. That's going to be incredibly painful. Right. And so now we're in this hard time. Uh, Then still my love language is quality time. But in in times like that, people bounce. Right. Um, Yeah, man. I'm currently if if I now put this out on the air and he'll he'll probably hear it. And so I guess I should say it. I don't know, more or less to him. I I, I don't know if he's going to hear it, but I'm using this moment to give my half brother some time because uh, he recently lost a child, uh, which is unimaginable, unimaginable, right? Nah. That's the only way to describe losing a child. Uh, but he wants us to be close. I want us to be close too. maybe he thinks we're closer than I think we are. Right. So yeah. I'm using this moment uh, I found out the news. I got on the phone with him. I told him I loved him. Hey, I love you, bro. I love you. If you hear this, I love you. Uh, and we will talk soon. We will talk soon. You know, if you hear this first, that's fine. But we'll talk soon. But I am using this moment to say to him, it's not bad that we aren't close. 
it's a miracle of modern information that we know each other at all. Right. That's what I'm saying. You know, I love you. We're, we're half blood. Our dad is a, um, <laughs> he's a character. He's a character. He, uh, you know, our, our dad is charming. That's what mm-hmm. our dad is. Our dad is a charming fellow. Uh, and my brother is charming and I'm charming. Uh, and so the thing about charming fellows, though, is you got to ask them what they're using it for. <laughs> right, <laughs> what are right. you using your charm to do? Right. Yeah. And so I'm I'm taking what dad gave us and I'm trying to appeal to the common sense uh, core of the world. And I, if I can continue to speak, honestly, it's because when I was a kid, I felt like he didn't want me. And so my so that that feeling of being an unwanted young boy is what inspires me to say, you know what, if he didn't want me, I'm going to make the world want me. I'm going to I'm going to make other people who show that they're willing to spend time with me that, hey, I'm someone who deserves to be spent time with. I'm someone who if you're spending time with me, that's that's quality going to your life. Right. And so that's a point that by his absence, I felt at a very early age that I had to prove, uh, you know, yeah. and being the only child meant that I had to be nice on the surface in order to keep friends. <laughs> yeah. Wait, we always yeah. that? Did, did you, do you still feel that way? Well, so those what, what those facts about my life and my personality mm-hmm. development uh, have shown is that the, for me, those are the type of of pillars of my personality that are probably never going to go away right so the argument that i've been making for the past couple years now is that responsibility really really begins at 25 so at luck it's 100 i mean at birth it's 100 luck who you're born to what year it is their socioeconomic status their ability to be loving parents or the absence of that ability or lack of that ability right so that's luck that's 100 or anything in between that's 100 luck um but we have to ascribe responsibility to adults at some point. The question yeah. is, when do we do that? For for legal societal standards in America, we do it at 18. That's fine. For going to war and buying cigarettes, we do it at 18. That's fine. Having uh, Participating in sex acts, we do it at 18. That's fine. I think we could move the legal age for, let's say, let's say pistol ownership. Mm-hmm. I would want to move the legal age, legal age for pistol ownership to 25. I wouldn't want to push that up to 25 because for me, 25 philosophically, now we're back to just philosophically speaking, I would put the age of responsibility, ultimate responsibility at 25. At 25 years old, that's it. No more luck. No more luck for you. It's been 25 years, right? We understand, okay, you know, you don't know about human life and you just popped out of some pussy someday and as we all did, uh, well, I guess you can come out of a stomach with a C-section, but we all came yeah. from a womb, more or less, right? Um, uh, somehow, so we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, our game from a woman. Um, and yeah, welcome to earth. <laughs> and so 25 years of that, and then we go, okay, it's on you now. <laughs> it's on yeah, you yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I believe the same same thing, right? Uh, but it is interesting, right? Kind of like how you were an only child and, and you felt a specific way and, and you kind of tailored yourself to make sure that you were either nice or, or easy to be with or easy to talk to, right? I had to do that to make friends. What did, did you have to do? What did, what did you, how did you have to adapt when you were a kid? You know, it's the interesting thing is that, you know, uh, again, uh, compared to your life, you know, I... I would say that I've always felt wanted. I've really? always, 
Uh, yeah, I've always felt loved. I've always felt that I was supported in, in, in every way possible. What's your familial uh, nuclear brother, sister, first of seven, middle of four, two parents? What's all that? What's all that? Oldest child, the oldest child. Mm. Um, but you know, again, my parents are—they came from the, the the kind of the communist regime from Cambodia when the the Red Death, uh, Khmer Rouge, were, were taking over Cambodia, right? Okay. So they fled. And, you know, uh, I think specifically for them, the way they handled it was that, you know, we're, we're in America now, mm. we are going to work extremely hard, but mm. they've went so much hardship. And this is, again, I think I'm just speaking for my parents. I think they felt like, you know what, I want to make sure that I love my kid as much as possible and support them in any way because they came from such a crazy situation. Mm. That they want to support me in that specific way, right? And you know, my parents can tell you probably some crazy. So you're stories. first generation American. I am, and so for me, like I felt like I don't know, man. I felt like laughing was a good thing. Mm. I've always felt like laughing was a great thing. Uh, my parents taught me that. I get my humor from my parents for sure. They laugh a lot. Uh, you can see the wrinkles and crows feet on our eyes mm. uh, because we always have a good time. And I and I think. Because of that environment, I wanted to share that environment with everybody else. Because not not, not a, a lot of people get that. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people mm-hmm. have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they were kind, so I was kind. Um, they treated people with respect, so I treated people with respect. Um, and they were strict when they needed to be. Uh, mm-hmm. But in general, yeah, that's um. Oldest of how I, many? You do that, right? Come again. Oldest of how many? Three. Three. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah, man. So I never felt like pressure to do that. And I always thought like, you know, people like to laugh. And so I was like, I want to make people laugh too to make sure that, you know, we're all in the same place and we're all now, sharing the same energy. Here's the here's the thing about here's the thing about laughing. That <laughs> not not to pivot too dark too sharply, but that's what just happened. Um I was meditating earlier today on the story of Anthony Bourdain. Ah, oh, yeah. 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 So here's a guy. Look, because I was thinking about hedonism, right? I'm a hedonist. <laughs> I'm a practicing hedonist. And so was Anthony. But yeah. I I suspect that Anthony did, wasn't doing that second part of kind of successful hedonism, which is which is in in which you say, look, I understand that I'm creating a pleasure in the future. I understand that I'm doing the mental exercise of setting up something that I anticipate is going to feel good when it happens and and earn that phrase feel good. Mm -hmm. But what that does every time you say that in that instant, it removes feeling good from your presence. As soon as you say that, as soon Mm -hmm. as you, as soon as you say that, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's going to feel great. Now feel great is in the future and it's gone from your present because you just put it in the future. You just chose to do that. Don't do that. Right. So there's a, um, yeah, so that's a powerful under way of understanding the world is that don't remove pleasures from the moment that you're in because there's not any other moment you're going to encounter, dude. This is the only one. Um, and so having a balance of that, having that kind of anchor, if you'll call it on, on pleasure keeps me understanding that even though I set up pleasures, that's fine. And I can do that all the way, but I still got to go after meaning more, more, more directly. If you give it, um, I still have to go, you know, even though, even though enjoyment feels like a, like a in the moment in the flesh proxy for meaning, it's not actually that completely meaning is deeper <laughs> meaning is deeper and so every every suicide i would imagine we don't we don't get to hear their testimonies unless they leave notes 
Right, and right. when we hear notes, I think that we hear commonly, I didn't find meaning. I couldn't find it. All I had was the suffering. Because, see, the suffering isn't optional. The suffering right. isn't optional. The suffering's there. And if you can't find meaning, you won't bear the suffering for as long as a normal life will get you if you can find some way to engage meaningfully with the world. Right, 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 right. You got yeah. to have meaning. You got to have it. And the thing is, I, I don't want to speak on, you know, or or for those individuals that, you know, that have it. Maybe there's there's more to it, right? Mm. Uh, but it is a common thing that we do hear, um, the way people kind of, I guess, I guess explore those feelings and stuff like that are different. And obviously suicide is one of those, mm. right? Mm. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know, I, I, and, and, and it really is unfortunate. But, but yes, um yeah, you, you, you do got to find those spots, right, where, you know, you, you're finding those pleasures and, and the reasons and, and all well, that those stuff. those meaningful things, right? Those things to tie meaning to. And, you know, what I what I I guess I was I was fortunate in my misfortune uh, that I missed a couple Christmases and then I came back. But let me ask. Mm -hmm. So what was your what would you say was your first kind of hard time hard adult time i'm just curious this is just random curiosity from card outs what was your first time where you said oh shit i'm an adult now <laughs> uh, what was your what was your first time where you said oh that money's got to come from me huh <laughs> yeah. yeah i know exactly that yeah time, actually. yeah i know exactly that time. so uh you know uh, if anybody knows me everybody knows me pretty uh whoever knows me pretty well I was not a great student in high school. I really? almost failed. No, really? no, I was a terrible student. I okay. did not. I did not want to be there. I wasn't the biggest fan. Hmm. People think, you know, now exploring it with my therapist, I, I could have had ADHD, right? I and and so, oh, I mean, I do have ADHD. Do you they, do you believe that? I'm going to keep hanging you there if it's yeah, when you land on ADHD because I'm I'm of the opinion that I'm of the opinion that more than half. More than half of the diagnosed cases of quote unquote ADHD are medical professionals who have become accustomed to assigning disease to people because that's how the lights stay on. But we shouldn't right. be assigning disease to those people. Right. You couldn't get me to call you diseased, Alex. I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a doctor. But you couldn't. You would have to pay. Look, you couldn't get me to call you diseased, man. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And again, and, and again, we're, we're still exploring that. I don't know myself, hmm. but. In general, I would say uh, I was not the best right student ever. You know I your just mind. Wasn't though. into it. You know your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will. I can tell you the exact moment where I had. To, I flipped the switch. Mm. I know the exact moment. And so basically, I went to. I went to Cal State Fullerton, and basically, we couldn't afford it anymore. I just couldn't afford it. Right. Mm. I, I. I just couldn't afford it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take two, a couple of time off I'm, I'm take some time off i'm gonna i'm gonna work for a little bit mm. so and i worked uh i went to do factory work were you living by yourself i was working with i was living with my grandma i i moved out uh from uh from my house and went to basically i got a job in carson okay right in long beach okay uh that area and so i was like man i don't want to commute you know just for like this kind of job right yes. i wasn't getting crazy anyway I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to stay with my grandma. It's a lot closer. It's a lot easier for me. So mm. I went right, uh, over so there. You're driving was, to work every day. 
Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I worked there. And, you know, when you work at those kind of jobs, you, you see a lot of people with a lot of different income. A lot, or just like a, not, not income, but just a, a huge age range. Mm, huge, mm. huge. Extremely large disparity when it be, between ages, right? Anyway, you know, uh, you know, we work and I was happy. It was easy. You know, you just kind of do the same thing every day, the whole day. It's the same routine, right? And one thing is that I caught is that I saw somebody much older and they were getting paid the same thing as me. They were getting the job and they were just like, oh, yes, I can't believe this. This Mm. is great. I love getting this money. And, you know, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, you're a lot older. You don't have any aspirations or anything like that. And they were like, this is good for me. Like, I'm good with this. And that's not a knock on them, right? But I felt like at that time, I was 19. Mm. And I felt like, like, this cannot be it. This cannot, I, I can't just be like this when I'm that age and be okay with this, right? There, there has to be more. And it's not about like a money thing or anything like that, but it has to be me being more excited just to get this kind of money, right? Like I yeah, had to do. Well, I think I think it's even deeper than that. I think, you know, if you, I think there's a piece of Icarus in all of us, and so I think there's a piece of you that wants to see when your wings will begin to melt, right? Or, or at least there's there's a there's a part of you that is looking forward to a version of you that it that your that the current version of you admires mm-hmm. and that's perfectly fine right and that's healthy and beautiful there's right. the, the the current version of you is imagining a future version of you that the current version of you admires simply for being what it is the, and cuz you understand the quality of it from the inside Right. That's the meaning. The meaning is that you understand the quality of it from the inside and the horribleness of it. Right. If if I was to tell you to my own behavior, I'll tell you this. There are some behaviors that I do that are okay. You know, I pay my rent. Right. I'm pretty good. There's some behaviors I do that earn the wretch in the song Amazing Grace. You know, (laughs) and that's just normal humanity as far as I can tell. As far as I can tell, that's about the that's about the the shoulder load for all of us as far as i can tell somebody mm-hmm. tell me different uh mm. yeah and so yeah man i think like from that point on i was like you know what and when i thought that i um i put my two weeks in right away as soon as i, I wow thought, wow yeah. Woo! So, he's decisive i like it yeah and so when I did that, I was like, all right, I'm going to pull out student loans. I'm just going to do this. Like, I, I need to go back to school. And I know it's just a piece of paper. And I know that it's just... Where were just, you going to study? Um, I studied communications, human communications. Okay. So, yeah, I got my bachelor's degree in that, um, specifically in organizational structures, right, with business communication and stuff like that. And so I got my degree, uh, and I did really well. I basically buckled down, and I basically said, hey, you know what? I need to make sure that I want to do the things that I want to do. Yes. And so there was other moments in my life that kind of helped me push towards that decision, but that was probably the first one. I, I had a mm. second one. Um, I had a second one. Basically, I went to a pool party. I was on drugs, and I was like, I want to do this every single day. And how do I do that? Is that I got to work hard so that I can earn it, and I can do that whenever I want. 
which is funny because now I'm like 32 and I want to be sober all the time. Like I don't do, I work out and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those are some kind of uh, events in my life where I'm just like, you know what? I want to change things a little bit up. I want to make sure that I do work hard, but I also want to be in a good environment with other people. So do you, do you know that you have the capacity for evil? I think I do. I think I think you do. I asked you if you knew though. Yeah, so I'm that's sure a no. Do. That's a no to the th- to the knowing part. If you think you do, I, I would say I, I definitely have those tendencies and capabilities. Tendencies, he says. Tendencies and capabilities. Yeah, you don't. So so capacity is a step. What is what is wrong with capacity? Why don't? Why does that? Why do you hesitate on saying you that you have admitting for? I'll do it first. I have the capacity for evil. I have it. Yeah. So, is it, what's what is distasteful about that admission? Uh, you know what? I don't think there's anything too distasteful, right? I'm Will you do it? Will you do it with me? As in what? As in say what? it, say the phrase. I have the capacity for evil yeah, on the I public do have record. Evil. You I do? do? I definitely, I definitely do. You do? Um, yeah. He admits it. Um. Cheers. I would, Raise a I glass. There are things where. Each of us, a little bit of us, mm, is mm, selfish, right? For whatever sure, pleasures that selfishness, we sure. right? Um, but you know what's crazy? I, I did have a conversation with this uh, about a, with this to a friend of mine. Mm. It's kind of like the ba- the balance of yourself. It's more of like kind of trying to make sure that you have that even ground of what you define as evil, right? And That's trying to right. make sure that you stay away That's from right. that. That's right. What is your definition of evil? Mm-hmm. There's kind of there's kind of a little bit of everything type of Austin, but I think knowingly trying to hurt somebody is kind of a form of, de- is, uh, evil. of evil. Is all? Let me ask you this: Is all sin evil? Um, that's tough. You know, I never really thought about. Are that, there right? are there forms not, of and, sin? And I don't. I want to say no. Not all. Not all not, sins are evil. Not inherently. Mm. Gluttony, right? We all get hungry, and sometimes there are points where we get hungry to the point where we gorge. Well, but but no, but, but normal it? normal. I would say that there's a so so you'd have to ask the question, right? At what point? So if there's a, I have a functional definition for sin. So my functional definition for sin is where there's an act, a behavior that you, okay, you the the actor, a c t e r, not a c t o r, you the person who's going to do the act. Um, know that this act or i'm sorry believe that this act is wrong before you do it you believe Mm -hmm. it's a wrong quote-unquote wrong act before you do it and then you do it anyway so that's my operation operating definition of sin so in that case an 11 year old can sin when they eat the last cookie and they know they're not supposed to but they know their mom is asleep and so they do it in the middle of the night and then lie about it the next day right so that's two sins the first is eating the cookie which you shouldn't have eaten, and you knew you shouldn't have eaten it before you did it, but you did it anyway. So that's the first wrong. And then the second is that you lie. And so when I'm punishing my kids, I'm going to punish them way more for the lie. Way more. Jeez Louise. The lie is the worst part. Uh, Eat the cookies all night, man. Get a hold of your temptations. But don't lie about it. Admit what you do. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and and I do. And I I agree with that, right? Lying is... I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world, right? We all do our white lies. It's not. I so mean, that's so that stealing of a cookie. That's not evil. That little boy isn't evil, even though yeah, he's and I, and I, would, I would say not 
not every offense is on. Uh -huh. So ranks. what would be? So let's let's use gluttony as the example then. Mm -hmm. So let's say there's a, a level of let's say your diet is that you don't eat until three p.m. Mm -hmm. every day, and then but mm -hmm. on a special occasion you let yourself eat, you know, at one or whatever because there's a big meal that's happening right at one so mm -hmm. what's the distinction between a cheat day on a diet or let's say a diet let's say a standard american diet let's say a person just eats mcdonald's burger king kfc mm -hmm. pepsi cola every day and doesn't even think twice about it right they just do the standard american diet and they're just putting on 10 pounds every month and doesn't know why right so let's say let's say that's going on at what point does that person become sinful and at what other point after that do they become evil what are the acts the acts that, that can move say, this person along the threshold i would I mean, say none the of spectrum. those i would say none of those hmm. i would say none of those are evil and and this is the reason why right i would say in those two situations you're kind of doing for yourself yeah you're a little bit selfish and yeah you might be unhealthy right and you know you put that kind of stress on other people maybe that's a little sin but i would say if you were trying to, if you were to switch the situation and you have a lot of food to eat and you're, you know, you don't really need it. But if you see someone right next to you, they yeah. haven't eaten all yeah. day, kind of thing, and you don't offer anything and you don't want to participate in trying to offer that up, and you know that they're, they're going through a hard time. Yes, I, I believe that's when it's the same. Yes, yes. You if know you're what? by yourself and you're doing all that stuff. You know what, dude? You do you, man. I'm not gonna hate on you for that. But if you know you're, and you obviously you have to scale it. You have to be reasonable. But yes, if they're right next to you, you yes. know they're, you know they just got home from work. You know that they they've been working hard all day. Yes, and you eat all this food, and you're gonna eat it by yourself. That's when it becomes kind of evil. So. Yes. Okay. I, and here's but here, but here's a question though. So, if let's say I, you know what what's the level of association at which it becomes an evil act because there's some level of association at which it at which it doesn't right if i am yeah. am in bangladesh and i'm in a cell and with another person and this other person is an american and we're the only two americans in this hundred mile radius and they they gave the guards gave me a meal and this guy next to me doesn't have a meal and he's on his dying breath and if i give him half the meal i'll keep him alive but he's also the most notorious convicted uh, pedophile child rapist murderer in america that's who i'm in the cell with so right. at this juncture it's actually more evil to feed him is it is it more oh. e is it more evil to give him half my chicken or is it more evil to let him starve or is it less evil to let him starve because he's so horrible well i would say this and again, we were kind of talking about this earlier, uh, right? Uh. It's like you can only compare this to yourself. Mm. Would you be okay, regardless of the, the fact, or if you're okay with that and you want to feed him and you know living in your own shoes saying mm. that, hey, you know what? This is going to, to kind of basically kind of prolong this. This guy has an iffy background. Uh, but how would it weigh on my self-conscious? Yeah. Did I try to like give him a chance to... Maybe if I fed him, maybe this would have changed his mind in the future. Maybe yes. he would think. That's on me. That's something that I need to decide in that on my own case. So would I think the answer is yes, I would. Because that's something that I would not be okay with. I would too. I would too. So the close proximity actually yeah. does away with the moral, <laughs> let's call it, uh, worth of the recipient of the, of the, or the moral worth of the, 
let's call it person who would be punished by our gluttony yeah. <laughs> of the would be of the would be sufferer of our sin, right? And that that goes away and with proximity, but with distance, it comes right back, right? Because if I'm sitting in Minnesota and I've got three hundred billion dollars, or I've got a hundred million dollars, or I'm sitting in New York and I've got a hundred billion dollars, and I made it by moving money around, and my dad gave me four million, and now it's sixty billion. You know the whole story of all these wealthy cats that are hoarding all the money. Uh, so these guys, at what point does their moral responsibility apply, right? And right. when? At what point? Right, right, right. At right. what point? What at what point is their gluttony? Because what I think the sin is, I think the sin, the the old Christian sin of gluttony, is about having so much resources to yourself that society is actively suffering, and we actually have a worse outlook for group survival because you have so much. At right. that point, it's a sin. Once we actively have a worse outlook as a species, just because you won't let it flow around, just because you won't spread the wealth, uh, or you group, right? However many people involved it is, 10 million, whatever, right? You group, groups, uh, hoarding the wealth. Um, we, we need it to flow. We, what we need is very excited young people just absolutely volunteering their talents at all the spacefaring agencies. <laughs> That's what we need. We need hordes of excited young engineers going up to SpaceX, uh, Virgin, Origin, right? Jet Blue, whatever Bezos' thing is, right? Going up to all the space guys and just saying, let me help. Whatever. I'm, I, you don't even have to pay me. Just let me help, right? Let me help get our species interplanetary. Uh, and in order to do that, we need resources for these people to feed and house themselves while they give a, give away their time, absolutely give away their time to the projects that are so important for our survival as a species. And we need leaders who think like that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, man. And, and again, I don't think there's uh, how long, how long you say? there's not a right or wrong answer, right? I don't think so. I would say just in general, yeah, we, we, we should be able to provide those. It's hard. it's hard to get the cash, man. It's hard to get the, uh, you know, they, it's, it's, you say transaction tax and they go, ah, right. I'm, I'm all for it. Look, transaction tax. I'm for, uh, you know, a VAT. Mm-hmm. For a VAT, I'm for a transaction tax. I'm also for replacing the first thousand of unemployment insurance with the basic income. So you don't have to, because with the basic income, you don't have to pay UI. Right. With the basic income, you don't have to pay GR. There are all these other cash equivalent programs. Uh, there are a bunch of cash equivalent programs that you just don't have to pay if you have a basic income. Right. If you yeah. if you acknowledge that American citizens should be able to pay attention to whatever they want, whenever they want, for as long as they want, because there are enough resources to go around. When people realize that, then we'll get a basic income. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's not just yeah, for the wealthy few, and and yeah. the reason the, the reason we don't have a basic income is might be because of a gluttony. <laughs> yeah, might be because of some possibly. gluttony that's been going on. Possibly, yeah, possibly, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Are you? Where are you religiously? What do you call yourself religiously, if anything? Um, you know what, dude? To be honest, I'm not really a religious or a spiritual person in my. Okay personal opinion right mm, i kind of mm. kind of feel like whatever is here is whatever is here and try okay. to make the most sure um yeah but by all means i'm, I'm definitely not religious yeah, i don't go to church i don't i don't really believe in a higher being uh I'm, i don't doubt it 
that, you know, for me, it's just like, I'm not looking for that, right? right? I'm, I'm not looking for those things. What I'm looking for is making sure that the people I surround myself are good and they're doing good things. And I have that energy around me. So yep. that's kind of where I said, dude, right? Nice. It's, not like, it's not like I'm trying to, trying to search for a higher being to tell me what is going on. Right. I, I, I appreciate how about, what I how about, how about, you know, instead of searching for a higher being to tell you what's going on, how about telling a higher being what's going on? Yeah, stuff like that. Have that's you considered I, that? That's a different religion. That's part of the religion that I'm a member of. Possibly, right? But at the same time, I kind of feel like I don't have to tell anybody what's going on. I kind of feel like what's going on is with me. Is it's what's going on with me, and I appreciate what's going on. Well, but you might want to tell you might want to tell the gods what's going on because if you don't tell them what's going on, then well, well, somebody's going to tell them what's going on. So the church that I'm a member of, and this is this is a fictitious religion, uh, so that my nobody, my wife's family wigs out. Uh, I'm not. You know, actually a member of this religion. I'm just making it up for a story that I'm writing. Um, but uh, so, but I'm just pretending to be a member of the Church of Monogalactism. And in the Church of Monogalactism, we believe that we are going to build the machines that will take humanity into the stars, and eventually will allow us to capture enough of the resources in this galaxy such that we will survive any sort of active accretion that might go on, uh, even mm-hmm. if the even if the sun, this particular sun, hasn't drifted, drifted close enough. What we believe in the Church of monogalactism is that we will create large machines that will allow us to travel along the arms of the spiral galaxy and collect its resources to use as we see fit so that's mm-hmm. that's the mission part of the mission of our church and uh, what does that have to do with uh with gods oh we can we consider the machines the gods and so the <laughs> the relationship is the reverse right it's not oh what has god made us to be it's oh God or the gods that set the universe in motion appear to be just watching at this point. And so we say, okay, since they appear to be just watching at this point, it's on us to do something. It must be. The ball must be in our court. And so we're assuming that what we can do is actually survive being sucked into the center of a supermassive black hole. That's our suspicion. We think it's reasonable. And what it does is it allows us to exist with our neighbors in a unified forward looking effort. And I mean, if there's a a religious precept that would allow you to, to, to behave in unison with your neighbors and recruit more neighbors that you can also behave in unison with. And the project is 100% scientifically literate, financially literate, 100% modern based on the modern internet and modern talking about fusion energy. If we ever get that just up to date idea, is about what we're supposed to do as a species and we believe that we can build these machines dyson spheres and 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 other ships that can travel between stars and travel to alpha centauri uh, eventually maybe harvest the entire asteroid belt that's what the church of big machines is about and so people who today are members of the church and the big machines would be so excited about this uh, collaboration between the u.s government and nasa and, and spacex about sending up uh, a missile that's going to bump into an asteroid Right? We're going to see if we turn it off course next year. Isn't that cool? Have you heard about that? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And again, uh, and again, I I would say like those are kind of what I closer kind of uh, to kind of subscribe to. Hmm. Kind of like, you know, what we have is right now and what we we can utilize to the best of our our efforts. And so definitely, yeah, those, those are ideas that, you know, we can definitely achieve now as opposed to looking out for a higher being to, to tell me 
what's next, right? And so we can make a, we can make higher beings. We're already making higher beings. AI exactly. is gonna AI is gonna be higher than us. Uh, yeah. So we're already making higher beings. Elon said on Joe Rogan, I don't know, a year and a half ago, he said we're probably the bootloader for <laughs> we're the or the organic bootloader for whatever AI is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why not make sure while we are while we're bootloading AI, let's make sure that when I say we, let me first let me first say we as an American citizen. Let's we as American citizens set up a basic income so that we can participate in shaping the AI, the super god yeah. to work for us. Let's do that first as we as Americans, and then we as a species. Let's use these mach- let's you know use this ai to just gather resources and make more people man hundreds of billions of people let's let's go to europa let's travel to the stars people need- i'm so grateful to live in a time in which people can be excited simply to be a human again and and we didn't have that for a long time right uh, i think the space race is making it exciting to be a human again i'm a believer of that are you or, or would you say that for yourself I, th- I think it's pretty cool. Um, what's pretty cool, on. he says. Pretty cool, yeah. he says. Yeah, but again, I, I don't really follow too much. You mm. know, so. so let me ask you uh, this. What is it that makes you excited to be a human? I think stuff like this, right? Talking talking with you. Hanging out. My, <laughs> with, uh, you know what? To be honest, yeah. Like, I, again, you know, I, I, I'm family planning and, and stuff like that. It mm. really excites me. Spending time with my future family. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be going to a cabin over this weekend and stuff like Fun. that. Really, really, it's really enjoyable. To me. Fun. Um, so, yeah, man, like, I, I again, like, for me, it's just like getting to have those moments and, and, and looking forward to those moments. Those are extremely exciting to me. Um, and, yeah, man, that, that's what really that's what I really hope to kind of have more of. That's what I look forward to. So, dude, yeah. I. You've got to, you got to, it's 158, so you've got to go. Dude, what would you say to a young person coming up where you came up that needed to hear what you, what does, what do you say back to AD of 17 year old AD? What do you say to him now, 20 years later? (laughs) What do you say now? I would definitely say this, right? If I really had a chance, right? Um, Do what you like, don't do what you're good at. Uh, and that's probably the advice I would try, probably try to give to everybody, right? And, and I know money is a hot topic. I understand that there are some societal pressures to kind of meet, right? Starting a family or going to college and all that stuff. And that, just, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the path that you have to go to. But really do what you're interested in. Because if you're not, you know, what's the point of getting all of those other resources? It's, you're really not going to utilize them to the full extent that you really want to meet, Right. Um, and so really invest into things that you're really interested in and make sure that you follow through with those, right? Uh, and make your rules to, to make sure that you meet those demands. So, um, yeah, young Alex, if you could hear this, you know, uh, although that your future self is extremely happy, um, there are definitely things that you can improve upon. And, and those are, that's probably the biggest advice you could probably give to him. So we've yeah. all got room for growth, huh? <laughs> Definitely. Thank Definitely you. Do. Thank you so much, Alex, for doing this. It's hey, been a pleasure this, this catching great. up. Yeah. Was it fun? Hey, let's, uh, let's do this again. And <laughs> let's, uh, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at with League of Legends. Yes, we will. We will do that. Great. All right. You have a good one, all right? You too, buddy. All right. Later. Bye. Bye.